Global Eco Energy are your renewable energy specialists. Working with Eco4 and Home Energy Scotland to offer grants and funding, we specialize in heat pump, solar and battery installations, as well as internal, external, and cavity wall insulation. Prices starting from as little as £4,995 for solar PV and from £8,995 for a heat pump installation. For a free quote, free survey, and to find out more about grants and funding options, call 0800 233 Evening, Graham. Evening, Paul. How are you? Very well, thank you. Merry late Christmas to you. You enjoy it with the wee ones? Yeah, yeah. it was good to have the family over. Yep, good Christmas time and celebrate it with, with the kids and the family. Yep, so enjoyed it. Great excitement when they're so young as yours are. Still really enjoy it with Santa. Yeah, yep, absolutely, yep. Um, still got a couple of years left of the Santa story, so um, it's, it's a great time of year for the kids when you've got young kids, so really enjoyed it. And for you, you're hoping Santa comes on Saturday, East End of Glasgow, Celtic against your old club Rangers. With us, Stephen McGinn, great Celtic connection with the family over the years, of course, at the moment, captain of Falkirk. Hi, Stephen, you you don't look bleary-eyed at all. The wee one's up really early. No, yeah. Paul, uh, yeah. had a great Christmas. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we, we had a game this Saturday, so we had a couple of days off, which is quite unusual. Um, so really enjoyed it and yeah it was, it was brilliant playing Santa for a day Great to have both of you here if you want to speak to Graham and Stephen ahead of the big game there's lots of games coming up you know the number 0808 17 17 700 transfer activity we expect it to be confirmed very shortly but Rangers closing in on a deal to bring Fabio Silva on loan from Wolves what does that mean for Lauren Shankland Graham first of all Silva 30, 35 million pounds player you've watched him what do you know of him what do you think of him yeah I watched him a, a couple of times when he first came through and signed at Wills um, as you mentioned there 35 million for a, a young um, 18 year old who was at the time um, watched him a couple of games against West Brom I think he got a couple of goals against him but you know, listen, he, he's a good footballer um, I think he's worked with the, the, the new head of recruitment that Rangers have brought in at PSV he went out and loaned there so that might be the connection he's obviously seen enough when he, when he was out at PSV he, they have another go and have another look at him and bring him, bring him to Rangers. Are you surprised it's going to be him and presumably then not Lauren Shankland or would they go for a loan for Silva and a signing at two or three million for Shankland? Well, time will tell. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure they would they would bring in the, the two of them but um, in terms of Lauren Shankland it would be someone that I would definitely be having a look at. I mean, he's, he's, um, the, his performance levels over the last couple of months have been exceptional and um, he's done it in this league, so he's proven. So um, that would have been one that I would have looked at. But it seems that the manager's got his own um, own ideas and he's got his own players to bring in. And it looks like Silva's going to be the first one through the door. Stephen, what a goal last night from Lauren Shanklin. The only goal in the Edinburgh derby. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, it was a game, as it was starting to, to peter out, you're thinking 0-0. Probably, probably doesn't do much for both clubs, but um, that's what he does. You give him half a chance. I think uh, Rocky Bashir would be disappointed. Um, with his part in the, the goal but um, he's gave David Marshall absolutely no chance and the scenes behind that uh, the, the goal to celebrate a last minute winner um, as we spoke about off air it's everything that the Glasgow Derby isn't at the minute so a real disappointing um, one for Hibs in terms of uh, just just having a home game against Hearts we obviously gave uh, came back from 2-0 down at Tynecastle and just feels like such a nearly season for Hibs so far. It sure does. What do you think of Silva? I think are you surprised that Rangers are going? I mean, he's, a, he's not a huge name, but thirty-five million when he was eighteen. There's obviously loads of potential there. What do you think? Yeah, well, obviously they they know him. They know the player first and foremost. Yeah. They know what they're getting, which I think is important. I, I've said before, I'm not a, I'm not a big lover of loan mm. signings, uh, short-term loans. Uh, I think there's lots of occasions have not really worked, and the, the option to buy, even if they do. Well, he's only going to be here for 
for four or five months. But um, he's obviously showed enough potential when, he, when he's younger to go to Wolves for such a big fee. And as I said, they, they know him. Um, I'm interested to watch him to see what he's like because he's, he hasn't scored a lot of goals in his career. Is he going to be an out-and-out out number nine or is there still business in that attacking area for Rangers to do? Stephen, what was your reaction when you heard the Rangers game was off yesterday with Ross County? From Rangers' point of view, was it another day to rest ahead of Celtic or did you think they'll be disappointed because they would hope and expect to take three points? Yeah, I mean, I think had had the game been, no disrespect to Ross County, had the game even been in Dingwall, you think Rangers would be quite happy to get the game off, but... I was expecting a comfortable night for Rangers um, to keep the momentum going. So I think you could look at it both ways. Um, I probably had, a, in terms of Paul's Motherwell, we're, we're playing at Aberdeen that night and um, spoke about the travelling conditions just up to there. And, um, and obviously the A9 was, was really bad. So first and foremost, it's safety. But I, as I said, I think it'd been a comfortable night for Rangers. So I don't think it makes that big a difference. Graham, what was your thought yesterday when you heard the game's off? Yeah, I think it would be disappointment. You know, Rangers would have been favourites to go and win the game. Um, like Stevens managed there, no disrespect to, to County, but Rangers would have fancied getting three points and going into this game on Saturday, um, looking to, to maybe try and get top of the league. But yeah, I think it was disappointing because if you're from a Rangers point of view, um, I would have expected Ross County to know the weather's going to be going to be bad and travel down the night before maybe, but. Like so they didn't do that and you can't legislate for, for the the issues that's caused in the roads down and, and um, it was unfortunate that they just couldn't make it down and the game didn't go ahead. Yep, and last night St Mirren maybe wishing the game didn't go ahead. Uh, losing at home again to Kilmarnock. When I say again, it's only two games they've lost at home. One to Rangers now to Kilmarnock. Two-year-old teams, Stephen, you've got great affection for both. Uh, Marley Watkins again, the goal, 25 minutes. Yeah, we spoke about after the Celtic game. Could they build on it? Um thought the, the Livingston game they obviously weren't at their best but they, they come away from a point and it's a big win obviously their away record's not been great over the last year um, in the Premier League and St Martin have been so strong at home so I didn't think there'd be a lot in the game 4 3 fifth, both obviously having good seasons St Martin have, have tailed off a bit recently I think it's coincided with injury to Ryan Strain I think it's a big player for them um, but Marley Watkins he's, he's having a, a real good season and uh, as I said a big win for Derek McInnes Dave McInnes, something is happening there, isn't it? They're doing well now, fourth top of the table. Yep, um, I think they've mostly relied on their home form with the, uh, for getting the wins, but going away at St Mirren is obviously a tough place to go. But St Mirren will be disappointed after the, the start of the season they had that they now find themselves um, falling down the league a bit with, with some a poor run of form. But as you mentioned, it's a, it's a great win for Derek McInnes and, and the Kilmarnock team to go there and, and get all three points. And yet Marley Watkins is, is on fire at the minute as well. And you're both lucky not to be sent to cover Livingston against St. Johnson last night. The managers basically said the same thing. Nil-nil at the end. No wins now in 11, Graham, for Livingston. Are you worried for your old club now? Still anchored at the bottom. OK, an extra point, 12 points. Motherwell not playing around 16. What are you thinking now? Yeah, I'm worried for them. I mean, um, they're, they're finding themselves getting detached a little bit at the bottom of the league. Um, I think their issue this season is... Normally they're, they're really hard to beat at home, they're on a tough place to go, but they've not been that this season and they're, they're struggling to score goals. That's that's when they've, they've really, really struggled this season, finding the back of the net. And again, last night they, they don't manage to do that, um, but they've got a, a huge game coming up at the weekend, away to Motherwell, which will be a tough game. But that'll be one that if they can target to, to go and try and win the game, then they'll find themselves clawing a little bit of that gap back and, and um, getting a bit closer to Motherwell at the bottom of the table Stephen did you feel for your fellow captain Mikey Devlin that chance late late in the game for Livy open goal yeah but I mean it's the sort of result over the last few years that they've won mm, yeah. um, home game um, 
just go out and get get a clean sheet and, and find a way to to get that goal. I think they're going to a game. It's intrigued to how it will play out. Obviously, Motherwell been so leaky at the back. Livingston struggling to score, but such a huge game, as Graham said. And I mean, the other night's point could be a good one if you come away with with Motherwell with three points. But such a huge game for Stuart Kettlewell and Motherwell. So your brother Paul was on the bus. Did they make it to Aberdeen? I read that they did. So they were up in. Yeah, they were up up in Aberdeen. Um, it just seemed to the, the weather wasn't getting any better. Mm. Um, so I think it was uh, took them a wee while to get back down the road from Aberdeen. Um, Is that which, not mad on a week back down the road? Um, I think it was just yeah. the fans. You know, I, I, my mum and dad were going up anyway, and right, they cancelled. Sure. Uh, they were on the bus and get turned away, turned round. So uh, I think the conditions were just poor, and probably the right decision. Tough for players, isn't it? That uh, you know they give up Christmas Day. I know they're well uh, paid in many cases, but many of them not so well paid. But as part of it, Graham, isn't it? That so for you, you did you have a day off then? Because uh, on Christmas Day, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we, we, we were first off. year. Yeah, yeah. well, um, last year when okay. I wasn't, wasn't yeah. playing, I had that off as well. But yeah, it's tough. It's a tough time of the years. Football is the best job in the world, but this mm. time of the, of the year for for footballers is um, it's pretty tough. You're away from your families and um, and that over the Christmas period and I've been there when I've played down in England sometimes you're travelling and you're um, you're missing getting up with the kids in the morning and um, seeing their faces in the morning but like I said it's the best job in the world so these are the sacrifices we have to make to, to do it Since Premiership looks like this Celtic after 20 games on 48 points Rangers after 18 on 43 because the game obviously last night was cancelled Hearts what a month they've had they're now in 32 points not that long ago we were saying Stephen Naismith you know could be in trouble they're in 32 after 19 Kilmarnock have played one more they're on 30 St Mirren on 26 Hibs on 24 and it shows you that was a really bad result for Hibs last night if we were Edinburgh Radio as opposed to Glasgow we would be maybe concentrating on that for Nick Montgomery would be really disappointed last night then in the bottom six Dundee on 21 points what a start to the season for them after only 17 games Aberdeen on 19 along with St Johnson Ross County on 17 Motherwell on 16 and Livingston on 12 points this is Thursday the reason I'm saying it it's that time of year people are saying when is it what's next well you know what's next it's uh, 12.30 on Saturday Celtic against Rangers and then at 3 o'clock Aberdeen against St Mirren Hearts against it, Ross County Kilmarnock Dundee Motherwell against Livingston there's something to play for in every single game Celtic expanded their uh, lead to five points after the 1-0 win over Dundee seems ages ago doesn't it they were all saying the other night it was lunchtime wasn't it early afternoon the game up at Dundee 3-0 win for Celtic this was Brendan Rodgers afterwards I think the attitude and mentality in the in the game was very very good you, know, you think you come up here on Christmas night and you're having to get ready and come away from your family And but I thought from the very first whistle the mentality the team was, was excellent could have been in front by half time and I think anything that Dundee had was probably maybe us maybe just a little bit loose at times but um, I thought overall the, the overall performance we created many chances in the game opportunities and uh, and obviously kept the clean sheet so uh, but the attitude and energy of the team was very good Stephen are they back on it now two wins back to back yeah I mean I, I thought they were good um, as Brendan Rodgers said I thought they were pretty relentless I mean there's times this season me watching them it gets to half time maybe now now and you're thinking, Celtic actually haven't created lots there. There's a lot of slow pay play. The other team are comfortable. But I didn't think that was the case. Um, I thought they were really unlucky not to be ahead by half-time. And just the way they'd played, the way they they started the second half and shooting down the slope at Dens. I don't think it's always um, obvious just how, how much a slope plays an advantage at Dens. But um, just it was just a matter of time. And when they finally get the goal, probably a bit of fortunate. Um, Paolo Bernardo's goal, but... 
uh, yeah, they were pretty relentless on, on Sunday. Yeah, we said that at half-time. I felt probably in the first half, we raved into the areas that we wanted to and maybe instead of making the extra pass, we maybe were just uh, looking to get the shot off or trying to make that killer pass and trying to finish the move too quickly. Um, but second half, we, we showed that, that patience in the, in the game that you need at times. In around the box, when players are camped in, you have to be able to walk the ball uh, and make that extra pass at times as well as getting the shot off. So... Uh, and I thought the players were, were very good at that. Graham, what did you think of Celtic? Yeah, I watched the game. Um, everything that, that Brendan Rodgers says is right. I think they were comfortable in the game. Um, probably should have been ahead uh, before half-time. But the one thing I think he will be disappointed with is, is Kyogo not getting a goal and probably Kyogo's all-round performance. I mean, I watched him earlier in the season. He was relentless. Every, he made a run. He would come back. He would make the run again. He would make it again. Now I'm seeing him making the run and, and getting a little bit disheartened, shaking his head and a little bit huffy. Um, stuff you didn't see from him at the start of the season, I can see that in him now. And he had a, an unbelievable chance in the first half when he goes through and goal and, and puts it wide. So that will be a, a disappointing thing going into a big old for him game that he couldn't get a, get a goal and, and um, get a better performance. Stephen, what are you thinking on Kyogo? Um, probably... Um, I actually thought the, the pass from Matt O'Reilly to release him, I thought it was, it was like... Last year's Celtic in terms of Matt O'Reilly looking for that early bot and Keogh and I thought he was really unlucky not to score. And I do think I do think it suits him these away games. Um I think Rangers, similar to it'll be a similar game to some of the Champions League games he got in terms of the other team at times will have to defend but they'll come out a bit more and, and they were wary. I mean Connor Goldson and Balligan will be wary of because mm. he does always make the runs and if Celtic are going to release him at times there's more grass to hit on Saturday. So um, I do think he isn't playing as well. He's not playing with the same swagger, same confidence as the last couple of seasons, but he's always such a threat. What can change from this weekend, Stephen? What's your guess for Celtic? Is Abada going to play from the start? Yeah, I mean, Leela Abada, I don't think for being out that long, he would get in, into a game that magnitude straight into the 11. Um, but I think Celtic fans would be pleased if they've seen his name amongst the substitutes because... Over, over the last few weeks they've been looking for at times maybe for someone off the bench to go and grab a goal and, and Leela Bada certainly can do that Of course Mikey Johnson came off the bench who would have uh, thought that would be the case it's a funny game football isn't it uh, Graham two goals he took them well I know it's a tiring Dundee by that time but Stephen I think it's a frustration because although yeah. Tre I mean, Trevor Carston will be really disappointed Tony <laughs> Docker he'll be, he'll be devastated with the way it goes in but nobody has ever doubted Mikey Johnson's ability mm. Mikey Johnson when he does that when he grabs a game by scuff and gets I mean certainly ability wise he, there's never been any doubt he could play for Celtic but it's just doing that on a consistent basis it's doing that in the really tough games where you go and take a game by the scuff of the neck and it's, and it's the only thing that's ever held him back from play, being a regular at Celtic Would you start him against Rangers? No no. I think most Celtic fans would say the same but he has given the manager something to think about Graham. what do you reckon? Yeah, he definitely has. He came on there and he gets his two goals. But he's someone I remember going to the Youth Cup final game when I was at Rangers, it was against Celtic, and um, he played in the game and he was the best player on the pitch. And I thought, yeah. he looks decent, he's, he's going he's gonna to kick on. But Stephen's right, he's, it's not showing that consistency enough. There's no doubt in his ability. Um, he can take people on. He's got an end product at times, but he just doesn't show it enough. Um, he'll be delighted he came on and, and obviously got his couple of goals, but... For him to be a starter at Celtic every week, he needs to show it on a more consistent basis. From a Rangers point of view, as a former Rangers player, if the name Leal Abada is on the team sheet, what are your thoughts? So he's a good player. Celtic will be looking to get him back. The Celtic uh, manager and the Celtic fans will be hoping that they can have their best players fit. But um, 
when you've not played for a couple of weeks mm. it's, a, it's certainly it's a, a difficult months, game to, yeah. to come back in it's a similar attack I thought he may have been involved at the weekend off the bench to try and get him fit for this game but when you've been out for so long I think this is a too big a game to be, be thrown back in at the deep end What are you thinking about Cameron Carter-Vickers? This is what Brendan Rodgers told Sky afterwards He just felt thankfully it looks like it hasn't gone he's, he's hamstring but he just felt a little bit tight we've, we've said to him before that if he feels anything uh, then it's better letting us know so uh, he just started tightening up a little bit able to take him off and Stephen Wilds comes in and uh... what do you reckon did well was what I think he said after that what do you feel about Cameron Carter-Vickers is he going to start on Saturday I just I mean I know he's came off recently um, he came off in the game at half time and it was precaution uh, Brendan Rodgers said but then he didn't play against Kilmarnock and I just never think you, you go down you sit down in the ground with a hamstring injury I just think I mean immediately if it's, it's the best case scenario I always think just maybe a week to ten days never mind three three days yeah. uh, three four days so um, my gut feeling is he won't play on Saturday They wouldn't risk him even though he's, I mean he's worth yeah. the risk he's, sure. he's vital vital to Celtic he's irreplaceable actually um, and it would give Rangers a boost if he's not on the team sheet but I just I struggle to see how going down injured with, with a hamstring he's going to be fit yeah from a Rangers point of view I hope he's not fit um, he's, he's Celtic's best centre centre back um, but yeah you're right when you go down holding a hamstring I don't think it, was, it looked too much in it but um, with a hamstring injury it's, it's always difficult you don't want to take uh, much of a risk but it was similar to Conor Goldson when we went down the, against Motherwell holding his groin um, there wasn't too much in that there so I'm expecting him to be fit I'm probably expecting uh, Carter Vickers to be fit for the game as well Conor Goldson do you expect him to be fit because both teams have quite a few injury worries yeah I do, I do think Conor will be fit I mean I was at the game and um, the game was probably done so he, he might have felt just a bit of tightness and I think he held his groin when he went down so um, they, were, they were taking no chances in that and they took him off and I do think he'll be, he'll, he'll be fit and ready to go come, come Saturday 0808 17 17 700 Paul Cooney here with Stephen McGinn and Graham Dorans if you want to speak to them ahead of the big game this weekend or anything football wise some of the news today while we're waiting to hear about Fabio Silva he is in town he's been at uh, Ockenhowie he will be on loan from Wolves what do you think he'll make of Ockenhowie have you been at it recently used to be known as Murray Park but it's impressive facility still coming from Wolves Yep, I've not been back since since I left, but um, I think when, when Stephen Gerrard was in, he, he'd done a lot of renovations and um, the place got a little bit of a lift. So no, it's, the, the, the facilities are top, top class in there. So um, he'll certainly be coming up to an unbelievable environment and going in there training every day. It's it, it's not the worst place to go in and train every day. Is, is that a Liverpool thing? Because when Brendan Rodgers came to Celtic, he also said, let's uh, improve things up at Lennox Town, didn't he, Stephen? I think he came in and changed some of the stuff. Yeah. I, think, I mean, I think it's if you drive standards. I mean, you ask the players to, to make sacrifices and then you keep pushing the, the whole building if you're going in that direction. And I know it sounds stupid, but if you come back from the summer and there's a lot of um, money being spent in the place, you think, no, this club's really serious about moving forward. It's not just on the park, off, on and off the park, we're, we're going somewhere. You weren't barred from Ockenhowie, were you, Graham? No, no, no I wasn't that bad. I've just not been <laughs> barred from it. No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, so we're heading for the, the Asia Cup, the African Cup as well. So on the Asian Cup, Oh and Yang have been called up today for South Korea. That's uh, three called up so far, isn't it? And we've known for months it's going to be an issue, um, especially for Celtic. Kyogo, you would imagine, would be called up for Japan. Uh, Maeda as well, and, and maybe Hitati. Hatati might be back just in time, Stephen. What's the word on Hatati? Last night, the word was he might be on the bench at the weekend. I mean, I, you, you, I'm probably doing what every 
Celtic and Rangers fan out yeah. there because uh, Rio Hadati's been such a huge player for Celtic and you're looking at the training pictures and I just think with how long he's been out injured I'd be shocked to see him in, in, in the matchday squad on Saturday I just think it's going to come too soon and I don't expect to see him before the winter break Yeah, so it's similar to Carlton Vickers um, as a Rangers from a Rangers point of view they'll be hoping he doesn't play but when you've been out for so long I don't think they can take the risk um, if he's been in back in training then Yep, we could make the squad and maybe give them the last 15-20 minutes if needed because um, he's certainly a, a real, real talented player and Celtic are hoping to have him back fit as soon as possible but um, as, as mentioned earlier, when, you have, when you've been out for so long it's a, it's a difficult sure. game to come back in with the intensity that you need to play in these games. The transfer guru, we all know who he is, Fabrizio Romano, he is on today saying Hearts are now preparing to offer Lauren Shankland a new contract so he's got 18 months left it won't make any difference to the transfer fee though would it if he does go is that a sign that maybe he's not going to go because Rangers are about to sign on loan Fabio Silva or uh, Mark's been on at Goal Football Show why don't Celtic step in to sign Lauren Shankland yeah I think um, Rangers might have been his, his um, favoured yeah. destination but like I said Hartz will obviously pull out all, try and pull out all the stops to keep him in the club I mean, he's their captain he's their best player he's probably at this moment in time, he's probably the the informed player in the in the Scottish mm-hmm. Premier League, so they'll be trying everything to keep him. Um, listen, he's he's done unbelievable well. His form has been great, so he's going to he's, he's going to get interest from teams in Scotland, and, and he might even have interest from teams abroad. You look at the Saudi league, and um, players have been over there and and done well, so um, that might be an option for him as well. Who knows, Stephen? What's your inclination? I just think it's a it's a big period of time for Lon Shankland from in a yeah. His personal point of view between him, his family and his agent, he's 29 now obviously, his next contract might be his biggest um, in his career. He's got Euros to think about as well in terms of, um, say a Celtics mentioned or even a Rangers if it is to come up. He can't afford to be playing second fiddle when his heart's his main man, he's scoring goals, he's in the form of his life. Um, And there's a real opportunity there to play at the Euros if he continues this form. James, our executive producer, has written here, Lauren Shanklin rockets a winner in the Edinburgh Derby. He really did. That was a good phrase. How would you describe that moment when he, he lost the defender and, and scored? It was an incredible finish. Um, obviously, from a Hibs point of view, they'll be really disappointed. It's a, it's a long bit for all from the goalkeeper. And, uh, Rocky Bashiri was real, real poor uh, defensively. Always have to stand up and get his body in between um, the ball and Lauren Shanklin. But... Listen, he does well, Shanklin uses his body and it's a great touch and he's actually off balance and he manages to find that, open up his left foot and it's in the top corner. Uh, David Marshall, absolutely no chance. He's just a natural born goal scorer. I mean, he, he made it look so easy with his weaker foot, but I first came across Lon Shanklin when he was at Queen's Park. Uh, my brother yeah. Paul was there and um, just a natural born goal scorer. Uh, I think he's done it everywhere. He, real, his first spell at St Mirren, not so much the second spell, when he first spell at St Mirren, he was sensational obviously what he did at air once he dropped down to the third tier of Scottish football and, he, and he's made his way back up but as I said it just makes it look so easy it was Aberdeen it didn't really work out for him didn't it I just think yeah. he was, I mean yeah. I think Aberdeen signed him and um, Aberdeen were I mean Adam Rooney um, was top yeah. goal scorer at times uh, scoring 20 goals a season I just didn't think he'd get much of an opportunity um, and he's had to drop down his career to, to make his way back up but certainly I mean um in this season's form he's probably been the top striker Does it matter if you're a Rangers fan and you go to Celtic or vice versa if there's a, an offer there and look at the chance if there was a chance to go to Celtic Stephen what do you think look at Kenny Miller who'd been at Rangers was a Rangers fan as a boy through in the East 
but he played for Celtic. I don't, I don't, well. think, I don't think Celtic would would be thinking about Lonsack. Yeah. Nah, we can't sign him because he's a Rangers fan. I think they'll they'll be weighing it up if they need a striker. There's no mm. doubt they need a striker. So I'm I'm sure he's someone that's, that they've spoke about. Um, but Hearts are obviously going to pull out all the stops to try and keep them. He's so important to them. I think the start that came up last night, the the next uh, top goal scorer at Hearts was in two goals. Yeah. Um, scored such a high percentage of their goals and they certainly wouldn't be third without uh, Lon Shanklin second top is own goals isn't it yeah um, own goals yeah. last night yeah. but yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right if, if Celtic are interested in Lon Shanklin then it'll certainly be something that'll weigh up um, he's not going to turn his nose down or, or, or anything like that because it's a short career he has to decide what's best for him and his family and what's best for him moving forward so if there is interest from Celtic there and I'm sure he'll have a look at it and, and assess his options and surely Celtic Orangers can always outgun Hearts or Hibs no disrespect to them but you know they are on a different financial footing what do you think give us a call 0808 17 17 700 The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy for your free energy home survey and bespoke quote call 0800 233 Let's go It's Thursday evening Paul Cooney Graham Dorans and Stephen McGinn in the Go Radio Football Show with our friends at Global Eco Energy Kevin is on the line a big Celtic fan hello Kevin how you doing, boys? Happy Christmas to you all. Good, and all the best to you as well. Was Santa good to you? It'll be well. well, well I'll wait. To see. I'm seeing my presents for Sunday, mate. So we'll see. I left you some presents in Dundee, did you? Yeah, Sunday. Eh, sorry, aye, aye. Dundee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we did not too bad, mate. We did not too bad. Did all right. So what? Looking forward to the big game. Indeed. Yeah. You're going to the match, obviously. Uh, no, I'll not oh, be at the match this right. weekend. Unfortunately, not working. But um, uh, I'll get to I'll get to see the game. But I'll not be able to go yet. Graham, do you need a ticket? No, you won't need a ticket there. Listen, sadly, I was just saying earlier on, you know, look at last night, look at the Hearts fans scoring in injury time, and there's some atmosphere there. Glasgow Derby, the old firm Derby. I don't care what you call it, it's not going to be the biggest and best in the world anymore because there's no, you know, three, four, five, six, seven thousand opposition fans there at both grounds. I think it's it's a real shame. Anyway, Kevin, you're probably thinking about the game and what's going to happen. I think, uh, I'm actually not sure what's going to happen. Usually I'm really confident in any of these games. Mm-hmm. I still think we can uh, get the win, but um, I think we need to up the performance another couple of levels. Um, we played all right uh, in our last game there against uh, Dundee, but um, I still think we need to put it up a level to, if, we're, if we're going to get the, the three points this weekend. Uh, Rangers are in good form; <coughs> they're in better form than us. I think performance-wise, strangely enough, Paul, I don't know what Stephen and Graham think, but strangely, I think performance-wise, I still think both teams are been quite average, although Rangers have been getting minutes. Um, so I'm looking forward to it I think I, I'm, I'm most confident as what I would usually be that's basically just because of how up and down the performances have been um, but hopefully with the home support should be enough to get us, get us across the line Graham, first of all what about Rangers? I, I agree with what you said there I, I don't think any of the two of them are playing exceptional football um, Rangers since the new managers come in are a, a better team they've got just a bit more about them that they're finding ways to win games where they're not playing uh, playing so well even the, the Motherwell game the other night I don't think Rangers were great they'd done enough to win the game they were comfortable enough they were never in any danger of losing it but I never left the game and thought wow that was that was some that was some good 90 minutes I just watched there um, and I think Celtic have been similar without getting the results so I don't think any of them are, are playing exceptionally well but it makes it out to be a, 
an exciting game. Um, I think Celtic are obviously favourites being at home and having um, the full crowd behind them. But Rangers will be going there quietly confident that they can go and get, get something out of the game because you're talking three, four weeks ago, this was a, a real must-win for Rangers. Um, now they can go there and if they can get away with a draw, then it's a, it's a great result if they can go and win their two games in hand. Do they go and play for a draw? No, I don't think they will. I think they'll go out, uh, they'll, they'll play the way they've been playing, they'll go out and try and win the game. Um, but as I said, I think if they can come away with a draw, then that'll be a, a positive result for them. Whereas, like I said, three, four weeks ago, a draw wasn't enough. Would you give Kevin and Stephen and myself your team? What do you think the Rangers team is going to be? I think with the injuries and stuff that they've got at the minute, um, I think it, it almost picks itself. So I, I don't think there'll be any changes from, from the game the other night, um, all being if, if that is Conor Goldsmith's fit, which I expect them to be. So I think it'll be the same as the other night. So you'll have Jack Butland in goals, James Tavernier, uh, Goldson, Balligan. And I, well, I think Barisic will come back in. Um, I know Red Van played the other night. Uh, and then the midfield three, I think, will be Sterling, um, Cantwell and Dowell. And then I think you'll have... See Matt McCausland and Dessler's up front. Dessler's the up front. Stephen, do you agree with the Rangers team there? What about the Celtic team? What do you reckon? What, what, what do you want first? You go, you decide. I, I think it'll be the same yeah. uh, Rangers team. I, I think uh, Lindstrom will come back in for Dow. Um, I think he's, he's been fit. a key. Yeah. I, I always probably think they expect him to be fit. Um, obviously, for, for all I've heard so far, I don't think he's going to be fit. Um, that, that's just um, the rumours and the, the things that I've heard. But if he, is, if he is fit then yeah, 100% sure. he comes back in the, the Celtic team I think well I've not got Carter Vickers I think Celtic fans right right away will think I'm wrong but I've gone for Joe Hart and goals Alistair Johnson Stephen Welsh Liam Scales Greg Taylor the midfield three of Callum McGregor with Paolo Bernardo and Matt Riley in front and I've gone for Dyson Maida on the left um, Okay, you'll go through the middle and Lewis Palmer on the right and the reason that I would change that just the success Maida's had against James Tavernier um, did a brilliant job on him last season and and it's the sort of thing with keeping guys like Gavin Stratton and John Kennedy you would hope that they've discussed his performances how big they've been for, for um, Celtic in the last couple of years in, in the derby especially and it's not something that's not happened already this season if you remember the Lewis Palmer goal against yeah. Atletico Madrid obviously Dyson Maida cuts in from the left and Lewis Palmer. so it's something they can do and it's something I'd like to see happen Kevin what do you think of the Celtic lineup there? I think he's going to play much spot on. I, I agree with that. I would, I would be disappointed if he took Bernardo back out. I think he's played quite well the past couple of games. He adds a wee bit. Of, I don't know if any of you guys have seen the games. Uh, Paul, maybe, I don't know. If Paul, you yeah. maybe had maybe a chance in the other two guys, but Bernardo just seems to have that tenacity about him. He puts. It just seems to put in that wee bit more effort. Um, he's really, really determined, and I think that's something that we've been missing. Um, so I would like to see him play because David Turnbull is just far too hot and cold and, and for me he goes missing in the big games so I don't and yet he's capable of scoring from the edge of the box isn't he Graham? which Celtic have not you've not seen so much of that this season I like Turnbull I, mean, yeah. I, um, I think when he, when he plays as you said there he, he creates um, chances and he always scores a lot of goals from outside the box but with Bernardo I, I can't say I've seen a lot of him I've watched him on a few occasions but I just think he lacks something he lacks a little bit of end product um, and as I said the games I've I've watched so far I don't think he's he's stuck out or he's he's shined in those games I, I mean I don't I think Paulo Bernardo it's a, it's a strange season he's had in terms of you see him and you expect to hear the Champions League music uh, <laughs> yeah. but the last few games obviously I mean that is a bread and butter the, the domestic league season 
and, and we've hardly seen him in the, in the league but he's had he's obviously played the last few games I thought it was his best game for Celtic the other day at Dundee and when Matt O'Reilly obviously Matt O'Reilly can play the, the final pass I think Paolo Bernardo's probably still got a wee bit of work to do in terms of uh, that next next level for Celtic in terms of cutting teams open but I, th- I, I think um, Kevin's right when he's saying he's tenacious he's a good size um, he competes he, he, he almost isn't like a Portuguese player um, the way he's kind of sure. took to the game and he gets in for tackle and he, and he gets his sleeves rolled up so uh, you hope I mean injuries have opened it right up for him with Awata he looked to be really finally getting his Celtic career going obviously Rio Hatati plays if he's fit so injuries have opened it up and, and you hope that he, he can take his chance Kevin what's your final thought are you looking forward to it I know you're not sure about I'm what's going to happen I'm not looking forward to it Paul I always look forward to these games you know I look forward to it's it's one of the ones that I look forward to the banner after it if we win and I'm dreading it if we lose. So I I'm looking forward to it. I think I've got to go I've got to go two one Celtic. Um that's what I'm gonna go. I, I, I fancy two one. I think Rangers will score. I think they're dangerous for said pieces. Um and they, they love a penalty, so you never know. But uh the man Tavern here I'll probably back him to score he's He's great for his free kicks and stuff, and we don't look particularly good for the corners and stuff. So, I think that's Rangers' best chance is probably um, for set pieces. So, I'll be a bit nervous when we get corners and free kicks in dangerous positions. But I think it'll be a decent game in two-one Celtic. Hopefully, it could be nervy if Rangers scored first then in that two-one Kevin, because obviously Celtic scored the only goal at Ibrox, and it was like it was just absolute silence. In fact, I read one of the players saying all you could hear was um, Kyogo himself, kind of. You know how he smiles and you could hear a bit of a giggle or whatever it was. He said it was really, really strange. That's the only thing about having no opposition fans, isn't it? If you do go a goal down, it's up to the fans, well, to try and get them going again. That's it. And I hope yeah. we, I hope we get this fan situation sorted out, Paul, because I've said it before. If I've said it once, I've said it a million times. It's, it's, ruining, it's ruining the fixture as a spectacle. Um, it's a showpiece event for especially the, the English already make a, they make a mockery of games so when we're a showpiece event there's own telly we need opposition fans it takes away from you and it's just absolutely ruined it and I've, again a, a good example is River Plate and Boca Juniors did that in South America they banned away fans and the fixtures are terrible it's just not the same so they need, the clubs need to fix it uh, sort it out hopefully for next season get it get around the table and just be adults about it and just sort it out Hope so, Kevin. And before you go, obviously, managerial roundabout down south. Eddie Howe did brilliantly at Newcastle. A few defeats going out the Champions League, a couple of bad results, and uh, the Sharks are circling, apparently, at St James's Park. Let's hope not. But you know what I'm going to ask you? I see the bookies are looking to see who might take over if and when Eddie Howe goes. And it is an if. And the name of Brendan Rodgers is coming up as one of the favourites. Now, you knew this was going to happen. Um <laughs> Have you any thoughts? I know you, you're so-so about the return of Brendan Rodgers. Uh, any thoughts? I, listen, if Brendan Rodgers goes um, this time, he's going to be absolutely finished, Paul, with, with, with Celtic. Um, so you, you can't come out again your interview and say, I guarantee I'm going to be here for three years unless I am asked to leave. That's right. So that's what he said in his interview. Yeah. So if he breaks his word, that is so dishonest that he can't do that. So no, I don't think he'll go. I don't think Newcastle will want him, to be honest. Paul, I think Newcastle will go for a big, big name. 
they've got a lot of money. I think they'll try and get a. I, th- I try and think they'll get a, a bigger name than Rogers in, mate. That's what I think. All right, Kevin. Thanks very much. You reckon two one at the weekend? We'll speak to you soon. Cheers, Kevin. Cheers, boys. And of course, Ben, he did say he's absolutely right because we talked about it in the office just beforehand. And I remember in the media conference when everyone was surprised, well, Brendan Rodgers is coming back. And he said, look, I've signed a three-year deal. I'm here for three years unless I'm emptied, is what he said, I think is the phrase up here. So no matter who comes in, he wouldn't move, would he? Yeah, I don't I don't think he would. I mean, he's, he's made them comments when he's came back. Um, so I think what Kevin said there, if he does leave... Um, He'll be, he'll be finished at, at Celtic but I, th- I also agree with what you said I think Newcastle will be looking for a, a real big name um, they've got Saudi backers and they've got plenty of money for behind them so you look at the names that I'm just looking through the list here that Zidane's on there Mourinho Mourinho um, Chaos Deserbe as well from <laughs> yeah, Brighton he's done unbelievable true. well yeah. so I think they'll be looking at a, a bigger name um, and I don't think Rodgers has done well enough since he's come back up to, to merit going to a club like Newcastle because Newcastle or a club where um, riches are, are funds that um, can go and really look for, for any manager um, so I think they'll be looking at a, a bigger name but he won an FA Cup at Leicester as we know and he, he was so close two years running to taking them into the Champions League they missed out on the last day didn't they uh, in both occasions Stephen any view on it we're not saying for a second he will be going it is one of the stories doing the rounds today that they might want him but no no chance no chance he wouldn't go would he no yeah. I can't sure. say it no no chance that's it. That's pretty definitive from you. <laughs> <laughs> to our radio show here, Stephen. No chance. Uh, former Celtic manager Neil Lennon has revealed he is interested in the vacant Republic of Ireland manager's job. Now, that's something we mentioned here weeks and weeks ago that we could see that happening. Stephen, do you think it is a possibility? I think he's desperate to get back in. Yeah. Um, you can, you can, he's been on the, the TV, been on the radio. You, you listen to him and, he, and he's got that hunger to, to get back in and manage. And listen, Neil Lennon's been a a very good manager over his career. Um, obviously, first hand he had my brother at Hibs, and the boys really liked him. He was really successful there. He really got Hibs going. Obviously, he's won a lot of trophies at Celtic. So yeah, I just you could just tell he's just desperate to get back in. And and Ireland are going to be looking for more of an experienced manager. The, the gamble they took with Stephen Kenny just didn't work, and they've just fallen right off the right off from where they were under Martin O'Neill. So I think they'll be looking for more of an experienced manager to to make them harder to beat and be more competitive yeah. it just seems like they've been passing the ball about for, and then the other team would score and, and they're losing games you, they should never be losing yeah I think this is a job that, that would suit Neil Lennon I think mm-hmm. um, he's obviously been Celtic manager then he was over I think it was at Cyprus he was in for a couple of seasons so I think a, an international job like that will certainly suit him but yeah he, he's a good coach he'll, he'll be desperate to get back in you see him he's doing his media work and he's got a lot of knowledge to to give out in the game so um, if, you, if you're Ireland it'll certainly be one that you'll be looking at but there's others names on the list as well but um, Neil Lennon will be right up the top of that list for them Big John's been on saying about the new contract being prepared for Lauren Shanklin we think and uh, John of course they could maybe get more money for him in the transfer market certainly could get bigger wages I would imagine so Big John was on last night in great form here and counting town to the big game at the weekend The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy For your free energy home survey and bespoke quote call 0800 233 Football continues big time this weekend non-stop on Saturday in all the divisions let's check Stephen McGinn I saw you came on Good to be back on in a, another big win for Falkirk. 
Yeah, I mean the boys are absolutely flying. Uh, so when I eventually got on, it was three 0 and it's a nice wee fifty minute run around. Uh, so cameo performance by McGinn. No, yeah. so, and yeah. and obviously um, Hamilton draw with Kelty. Yeah. So so we extended a lead at the top. So uh, a successful day and and if we win this weekend, then um, it's the most successful. Um, run the football club has ever had so it's a big one for us on, on Saturday you might be made a free man of Falkirk <laughs> but we'll see As, who have you got on Saturday yeah, still in Albion at home so at home. a bit of a derby so yep. yeah, looking forward to it it's not easy is it to go unbeaten for so long no it's not um, no matter what division you're in if you're um, winning football games is, mm. is tough so it's um, to go on that sort of run and it's, it's great for them How's it going with the Borough, Johnson Borough? Did you play last week since we saw no, you? No, I never played. No. I got a, a knock in my hip last week, so I've, I've missed the last week. But um, there was a game they beat um, St Rocks. I think it was 2-1 they, they, they beat St Rocks. I've got um, shots away on Saturday, uh, weather permitting it, that, if that will be on. It's shots? Yep, yep <laughs> it's shots. Huge pitch up there. So, Are you enjoying um, it? Yeah, it's, yeah. Listen, it's, oh. been, um, it's been different. It's been difficult at times with the, with the pitches and stuff, but... The club are they're trying to do the right things. I mean, obviously, um, they're, they're down the low levels of the, of the system, but they're trying to do the right things. They're, they're putting a little bit of money into it and trying to get through the league. So uh, at that level, and that's all you can ask for, really. What did you think of the games going off yesterday? Some people have been asking, should Ross County have travelled the night before? Look, I know it was, what, a 7.45 kick-off last night, and maybe that is the answer. But there's weather predictions, and Storm Herrett was in the way. Yeah, hindsight's it's easy to look back and say, yep, they should have left the, the night before and stayed down in Glasgow, but they obviously didn't do that and they seemed fit to, to travel on the day. Um, and, it, and it was obviously backfired with, with the weather that you, you can't really legislate for, for the weather, but when you know what it's going to be like, you can plan ahead, but it wasn't to be in, and as I said, the game was called off. Stephen, any view? Yeah, I mean, I think had, even if Ross County were already in Glasgow, it would have been really poor for the for the fans to have to travel yeah, through that to try and make the game so I, I'm probably I mean I didn't buy into any sort of negative it is what it is the, the weather conditions and the roads were, were dangerous um, so and it, the game will be played after the split so it, it's yeah. a game it's not a game it's not I didn't get any kind of negativity with it it's, it's unsafe for, for players and fans to travel so the game goes off so the derby here is this weekend. Edinburgh derby was last night. Big hype on it, you know, and it's going to be live in the in the dressing rooms. We saw here in the studio the pre-match meal. I'm not sure what they had, but um, looked pretty good at the hotel, the Hearts team. And then there was the body cam, wasn't there, as well? I saw that just when I got in the house, Graham. Yep, yep, it was the, uh, the cameras were, were supposed to be behind the scenes. I'll be tailed back a little bit yeah. with uh, the SPFL Um not allowing it, but in terms of the game in itself, um, there wasn't much quality in the game, but the, the whole showpiece was great. I mean, they seen that the the fans and the uh, the noise they make and the um, the, the celebrations when when Hearts yeah. get the winner. That's what you that's what you're wanting. That's where that's the showpiece event for for the Scottish game. So, um, like we touched on earlier, on, hopefully we can get back to that in the in the Rangers and Celtic games as well. It was strange that the live miking up of the manager didn't happen. I think the SFA had stepped in. Although they're hedging their bets, they said, we asked IFAB on behalf of the club's league and broadcaster and were informed on Christmas Eve that the intended use was not allowed within Law 4, which states the use of electronic communication by team staff is permitted only when it relates to player safety and well-being or for tactical or coaching reasons. Um, that's a bit of obfuscation there I'm not quite sure what that means at all it's a bit late in the day wasn't it to, to stop this happening yeah I mean it was disappointing I wouldn't I personally I wouldn't like my own manager to be to be mic'd up for a game why? 
just I, I think some of it's very private in terms of within the, the dressing room. I mean, you could be overlooked. See, you were on the bench, or you could be overlooked. Nah, this isn't the game for him, or something. There might be the pa- a passing comment that's quite hurtful. So, I wouldn't like my own manager, but as a viewer, I was desperate for Nick Montgomery to be uh, mic'd up, and it'd been great to to hear his reaction to the, the last minute goal and Rocky Bashiri's defending. But I think I mean Sky take a lot of stick up here in terms of sometimes they they, they say they don't put in the same effort for England. But I think Sky played the part last night. I think they build up. They really built the game up. I thought it was. I don't always watch the full build-up, but I was right into the full build-up. I thought there was lots of different elements and um, behind the scenes. Uh, so they played their part in it, and it would have been great. I think it'd be good for the game long-term if it's something they can bring in um, as a viewer, if they'll pay us a bit more money for it. <laughs> Graham, you spent some time in Australia. Yeah, I agree, I, I agree with what Stephen's saying there. Um, I think if it was me personally, I, I wouldn't want it because things things happen in football and the heat in the moment and the emotions are high and, and things get said and I've seen things um, that happen in changing rooms that, that shouldn't leave the changing room. Um, I've seen managers say things that that need to be forgot about after the game so you don't want that getting aired. But yeah, in terms of the viewers, I, I switched it on last night hoping to see it. I was interested how it went. I've, I've been in Australia and it, um, they've done it over there where they've interviewed managers halfway through the game. Listen, you, you get their thoughts and that's fine, but in terms of being mic'd up for the full 90 minutes, I, I'm, I'm a bit against that. What's the worst thing you've heard in the dressing room? I know you've just said it should stay in the dressing room. <laughs> uh, without giving us the details, did you ever? Did anyone say something to you you thought, oh, come on, boss, or to some of your teammates you thought, there's no way back after that comment? Yeah, obviously, Stephen, I know I've been in change rooms, things happen that, that stay in the change room. Yeah. Um, I've seen people fighting at half time. Mm. I've seen punches being thrown, but it doesn't it doesn't leave the change room. That's yeah. that's what happens when people are passionate and they want to win football games, especially last night. It's a derby. It's a big game. Sure. Everybody wants to win it. So no matter what you have to do to win that game, you do it. And if you have to call your teammate out and and give them a bit of honesty at half time, or or if the manager has to tell someone something during the game, you don't want it being heard. Um, but no, it's listen. It would have been good to tune in and see it, but. Yeah. Um, it's not something that would be all for, for for most of the games. Stephen, what comes to mind during your... I mean, well, stuff that... I mean, I've had to apologise to a manager before. You have an argument straight after the game. You say things, but managers have maybe on a meeting on a Monday have said, look, I've watched the game back. I was wrong. I apologise. Shouldn't have did that. And I just think it's so... I mean, the emotions are so high. And, and like last time, mean, you can imagine Hibs dressing room last night. Um losing the last minute um, to, your, to your rivals the way the goal came about just to punt up the park yeah. um, things will have been said in there they'd have been great as a viewer I mean they'd love to, I'd have loved to have been a fly in the wall but there would be, be things said that probably maybe are go, go too far but that's what it is I mean fans fans a lot of time will say oh, they're paid too well they don't care dressing rooms players care yeah. And things, emotions, it, it, people end up saying things they, they regret. And, and as I say, I apologise a few days later. What about the two penalties then? So what was just five minutes old, wasn't it? And then the away end, they get uh, a penalty. Up comes Lauren Shankland. And it was his 15th. He had never missed a penalty for Hearts. Yep, two um, stonewall penalties for me. Yeah. Um, I don't know why Bashiri nowadays with the, the VR and the cameras. I don't know why his arm's in the air when the, the ball comes into the box. But yep, Shankland steps up and he said he scored 15 in a row. But... That's what happens. The best players yeah. in the world miss penalties. Um, and then again, the um, the penalty at the other end, I actually think Venti should score. If he if he takes a touch uh, to the side and just slots it in, I think he should score. But again, it's a stonewall penalty because his hand's in the air. And um, a well-hit penalty from, from Martin Boyle and that one and a, and a great save from, from Xander Clark. Really remarkable save, wasn't it? Take that one first, Stephen. Yeah, yeah. 
brilliant save and big for him I think with Craig Gordon being back fat obviously the scrutiny around that position but I think Graham, Graham's right about the Dylan Venti mm. people always speak about say say Hart's going to sell Lauren Shankland how do you actually replace him when you look at Dylan Venti I think they paid six or seven hundred grand for him and there's no guarantee that they're, they're as good as what you've sold so um, Lauren Shankland gets his chance he scores Dylan Venti gets his chance and he doesn't yeah, some performance. He is the man of the moment, Lauren Shanklin. But it's strange today if you're just tuning in, people thinking, right, that'll be his last goal in a derby, in the Edinburgh derby. He'll probably play in the Glasgow one, the old firm one for Rangers. But Rangers are very close to signing a loan deal uh, for the £35 million player Fabio Silva in from Wolves. Is he a striker? I'm asking both of you. Uh, or what do you think, Graham? Yeah, I've watched, when I watched him play, um, he did play through the middle, albeit his, his stats haven't been great. He's not scored a lot of goals, but he's still young. I think he's only so, um, 21, 22 now. Um, so he's got an opportunity to come up here and, and play in a league where play, and play in a team that he's going to, he's going to get chances. Um, without being disrespectful to most of the clubs in this league, Rangers dominate most of the ball and get most of the chances. So, He'll be looking at this as an opportunity to come in um, and score goals and kickstart his career because if he wants to go back down and play at Wills, then this is a, a six-month loan deal we, yeah. we no option to buy, which I'm not a big fan of because in his mind he'll be coming here to obviously try and do well to go back down there. So I would have liked it to have been a, maybe an option to yeah. buy because if he does come up and does does do well, then the Rangers fans in the club will want to keep him. But um, with, with the way these deals are structured now if he comes up here and does well we'll be going back down to, to play at Wolves or, or be sold for a lot more money Stephen yeah just 21 as a youth he was at Porto Benfica then back to Porto and then you know the story Wolves he's been on loan at Anderlecht PSV on loan as well as you mentioned how do you where do you see him play? well I mean they've announced it as a striker I've always I've always had him down as more of a kind of number 10 the times I, I've not watched him closely at Wolves but any time he's kind of played with Wolves um, does a lot of his work outside the box and, he, and his goal record suggests he's not maybe an absolute number 9 so who's to say that they don't bring another one in but I, I just I mean even even if the option to buy was a 15 million or something it just I just feel as if I mean, I can't be, he could be an absolute superstar. Rangers win the league, scores loads of goals, they get Champions League money, then it's an absolute success. But I just think these loans without the option, just um, it's all in the kind of players' favour. They come in, put themselves in the shot window and, and, and then they say, see you later. So even even the SEMA one, you think of SEMA, maybe they'd put the option to buy for a seven or eight million and they could maybe get that done. But with what he's done, the goals he scored, he's probably priced himself out of, of signing for Rangers now. That's why I think the 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 Lon Shankler one's a better option in yeah. my opinion because if they go and spend however much Hearts want from um, and give him a four year deal, then it's, <laughs> he's coming in to be a part of something. Rangers, he's he's been in this league, um, he's done it in this league. If they would go for a Lon Shankland and he scored the goals to to win them the league, then he's still there next year. You've got him there again next year, so you don't have to then look again at another option. So. That's what I would have liked him to, to get a permanent in, uh, whether that was Lon Shankland or someone else. Um, I'm not a massive fan of loan deals without the, the option to buy. Of course, 35 to 40 million is at stake if you win the Cinch Premiership under the new look uh, Champions League with uh, another two games at least, you know, in the uh, the qualifying groups. Then huge amount of money. Celtic Bank, 29.7 million this season from it. And Rangers would be desperate for that. Celtic, desperate for it too. 
what is going to happen. It's going to be phenomenal. A couple of things just to mention before we head uh, into the second hour. I think good on the two clubs on Christmas Day. I saw this one last night, Rangers winger Ross McCausland. He was out helping on Christmas Day at a community hub at the Reedville Centre in Deniston in the East End serving dinner. So well done, not just to him, to everyone there helping people who were looking to come together on Christmas Day uh, at that community hub. Well done. And Celtic had, uh, I think they prepared and served over 200 to 300 uh, dinners with the Celtic Foundation at Celtic Park. And I see that Brendan Rogers popped in and uh, he's pictured there as well. There's a picture of Ross McCausland. Stephen, I think it's brilliant, both clubs. Yeah, amazing. And I mean, we've all, Graham, I've done them as well. You do hospital visits, but they're compulsory when you see things like giving up their yeah. Christmas day to go and help out um, yeah fair play to them and um, brilliant from both clubs yeah that's great I mean um, that's real community clubs so you, you go out and you you help people in need at this time of the year when they're um, when, when they've maybe not got family around they've not got people around them it's great for for both clubs to send people out and, and bring the community together what's your wish both of you for 2024 going to ask you that next Global Eco Energy are your renewable energy specialists Working with Ecofor and Home Energy Scotland to offer grants and funding, we specialise in heat pump, solar and battery installations, as well as internal, external and cavity wall insulation. Prices starting from as little as £4,995 for solar PV and from £8,995 for a heat pump installation. For a free quote, free survey and to find out more about grants and funding options, call 0800 233 5788. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Tailored and renewable energy products to suit your commercial and domestic needs. Let's go! It's Paul Cooney with Graham Dorans and Stephen McGinn. 0808 17 17 700 as we head towards, well, I guess we're heading towards the Hugmanate in the new year. How will you be spending it? Hopefully, you will stay safe and enjoy yourself this coming Hugmanate. It's so quick, it's over. In a flash, isn't it? The, all the build-up, Stephen, with the kids and all the rest. Can you believe it? All that wrapping paper. <laughs> I know, I, I know. Just everything. You, it's just a full three or four days before it of madness. And but I hope everyone had a good, a good day, and I'm sure they're having uh, a good time, been off work and enjoying the festivities. And it's, it's brilliant with all the football on. Yeah, uh, just it's a football show and. It's great, but every night there's a, there's a big game on. Seems to be a big game on TV and another one tonight, Brighton Tottenham. I'm really looking forward to that. Big excitement though, as John McGinn, your brother, scored for Villa against Man United. Then they were two up and then did they blow it 3-2? But you must be feeling good when you saw them go ahead. I mean, yeah. Well, when you're watching it back in slow-mo and, and hoping that nobody's touched that so you can get... <laughs> but it was, it was one of those games and it's mad for all the the difficulties Man United have, they just seem to be that type of club that you felt that if they got that one goal back, that that that, way, that home end would just suck the ball into the net and it wasn't for the lack of trying, Aston Villa just couldn't get a grip back on the game and uh, it was a sore one. Uh, you think of how good the first half was, it was a sore one to lose. Who's going to win the title, Graham? Who do you think in England? I still can't see past Man City. Really? Uh, yeah, late yeah, running yeah. again. Yeah, I just yeah. think they've, they've so much quality and they've got strength and depth. Um, they've got a couple of games in hand now after being away at the, the Club World um, Championship. Yeah. So I think when the um, it comes push comes to shove, they'll be they'll be right up there again, I think. Can't believe I said really Man City winning it. Yeah, Paul, they might just win it. They usually do. Stephen, what do you reckon? 
Yeah, Man City as well. I think there was an opportunity there for Arsenal and Liverpool over the last few weeks. Obviously, Aston Villa, uh, Arsenal lost to Aston Villa and then they drew at Liverpool, which certainly is no disgrace. But I think to win that league ahead of Man City, you're going to have to, to be a good number of points uh, clear. And I think Man City will chase them down and, and win the league. Liverpool top of the table on 42 points after 19, Arsenal on 40 played one fewer then Aston Villa on 39 and then Man City on 37 Tottenham on 36 we haven't mentioned Ange Postacoglu for a couple of weeks which was unusual in 2023 he's definitely one of the the sports people of the year certainly here in a Scottish station Glasgow zone I mean Ange Postacoglu what a what a legacy and Stephen what an impression he made in his two years yeah, in Scotland yeah I mean he was, was a phenomen yeah. phenomenon and in, in what he did at Celtic when you think of um, what he inherited in, in the two seasons and, and as I say I, I, I go home tonight and you watch the Tottenham game and you're just excited because you absolutely know it's going to be a good game he, he's mm. going to go down to Brighton and both teams are going to um, have a real, real go at each other and, and that you could count in one hand how many games of football that he's a manager of that aren't a good game so yeah, it was just it was sensational up here What's the score? 5-4 do you reckon? Either could way be, tonight yeah, could, could be, Of yeah. course yeah Graham, what about Ange Postacoglu? Yeah, he's, he's, he came into Celtic when um, Celtic fans weren't probably best pleased that someone was coming in that they didn't know much about. Um, but it didn't take him long to um, put his mark on that team um, and, and the way he plays and the, the way he gets his team to play is incredible. And similarly, went down to Tottenham. I don't think their fans were um, overly pleased with him coming in, but straight away, I think, um, just the way he speaks and stuff as well, I think um, everyone really takes to him and the football that he plays in his teams is, is incredible. I mean, he had a, a great start and uh, he went through a little tough period there probably in the last month where they had a few injuries, but he's starting to get people back fit now and, and his results have picked up again. So I'm looking forward to that game tonight. I think that'll be a really good game. And of course, somebody with a big uh, Glasgow connection is Mikel Arteta, the boss at Arsenal. And could this be the season that he wins the league? Because he came close last year and they look resolute. I know everyone says they don't have an out-and-out striker. Certainly could. I mean, they're a top top side. Um, we just touched that there. I, I do think Man City will probably have too much, but if Arsenal were to win the league, you wouldn't be overly surprised. But I agree with what Stephen said there. When you when you want to beat Man City to the league, I think you need to be going and, and beating Aston Villa in the games and and winning games against Liverpool. They've just seemed to have a, a little dip and lost them them games. That like I said, if you want to go and win the Premier League, they're the ones that you need to go and win. And I just think when City go to them games and them teams, they'll. They'll, they'll win them games and that's why I believe that they'll win the league and of course the Scott had a great year winning a European trophy Davy Moyes at West Ham and we just saw on the telly there while well, he was in a West Ham strip a moment ago Declan Rice one of the the best signings of the year do you think? yeah um, I think he's I think sometimes that when, when we talk about Lon Shanklin just now whether Lon Shanklin would go on to be the best Celtic Rangers striker I mean not, but you know he'd go and score goals. I think Declan Rice comes under that category in, in England for an Arsenal, a Man United, whoever was going to go and sign him. It just felt like he was ready for it. He was ready for that next move, and he would at least go and hit a seven out of ten. Um, he's probably done done even better than that. He's so important to Arsenal, and and I think he has taken them to the next level. Sure has. Yeah, he's incredible. It was someone I watched um, when he was at West Ham, and I, I hear people's opinion on me. Oh, he doesn't do enough, but. In terms of a teammate, I think if you've got someone like that in your team, incredible. I mean, the the distance he covers in games, um, his composure in the ball, and since he's went to Arsenal, he's chipped in with goals as well. I think he scored a late winner um, a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember who it was against. I think it was in the ninety fourth minute. It was a header, um, real late on in the game. So no, he's a top top player. Luton, 
Well done. I, I just looking at him. I knew I just, he would know. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's worrying ahead of the Euros with Declan Rice's form and uh, Mr. Belling over in Madrid. Of course. Yeah, sure. Exactly. I was going to mention the Euros as well. It's going to be looking ahead to 2024. We will speak about that. I also want to ask you about the championship here tomorrow night. Huge game at Tannadice, Dundee United against Partick Thistle. For both teams, you know, United obviously want to, don't want to lose. Uh, any more ground with Wraith Rovers and Partick Thistle want to repair some of the damage the last time they met? Yeah, obviously um, Partick Thistle won up there in the League Cup and it was such a heavy defeat for Partick Thistle against United in Glasgow. Um, big game that I think I think it's one I think it's a must win for both teams really when you think of the situation Dun United have the, the budget um, and the league and expectation they can't afford to be in this the Championship again and for Partick Thistle it, it seems to be for them to be any play a part in this title race, they really have to win this one tomorrow. Would you reckon tomorrow in that one? It's the exact same as Dundee United. I think they need to go and win the game. Yeah. Uh, they're now five points behind Rafe Rovers, who have been absolutely flying in the league. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be, it'll be a good game. But two of them will be going into the game wanting to win it. But I just think the the budget and the size of Dundee United, they can't afford to spend too long in that league. Um, and it's a tough league, so the longer you spend in there, it's you find it harder to get out of so they'll be looking at that tomorrow think that's a must must win game for them and especially you know we're obviously here in Glasgow uh, where only one of the two big two can be the winners overall but same in Dundee and there's Dundee back in the Premiership and Dundee United in the, the second tier yeah I think it's I think it's flipped for a couple of yep. seasons with the Dundee teams one of them have found themselves out of the league um, when the others come in so that's something we want um, in, in the top league in this country we want to see the, the best teams in the best games so We'll talk about the, the, the derby down here in Edinburgh. So it'll be great if we can get that one back into the, the top league as well. Some news today, Brendan Rodgers has been telling his players, forget about all the noise about the game, just concentrate on the match, don't listen to the noise. And that must be difficult, Graham. Ahead of a Celtic match when you were at Rangers, I mean, the back pages, the radio, TV, it's all uh, about the game at Ibrox or in this case, the game at Celtic Park. Yeah, but it's the week leading up to the game. I yeah. think when I was at Rangers, I, I remember I switched my phone off for the week because you, did you? not yeah. only not only do you do you see it in the press, but you're getting your family texting you, your friends phoning you. So um, just to constant the game, I would always I would always switch my phone off and try and try and treat it as a normal week uh, training wise. But in terms of, I don't really um, look at look at papers and stuff too much um, before games because. You never really get um, the headlines that you're wanting, especially before before big games. So no, in, in terms of that, I did I switch my phone off before the games and just try to concentrate. Not, not that it worked because we we um, we didn't find ourselves in the right end of the result. So sure. maybe I should have yeah. kept on. Keep it keep it on. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're leading up to the big game, so that's just Brendan Rodgers has said. Forget about the noise, and that must be difficult, Stephen, because uh, everyone wants to talk about it. Yeah, and I mean. Rangers and Celtic have certainly played two games since we first started speaking about that game last week it's a huge game but I also think I mean very quickly we'll move on I'm now looking past the game mm -hmm. Celtic go to St Marn yeah. a place they don't tend to play very well there and, and Rangers are playing against Kilmarnock who obviously are in a rich vein of form and a threat for, for either Celtic or Rangers on their day so um, some hugely val valuable um, points up for grabs and some big games mm -hmm. The time where you need a diary or whatever, or, you know, get it on your phone because you're right. Tuesday, uh, we've got the Rangers game against Kilmarnock at three o'clock, and then Celtic play at five at uh, St Mirren against Celtic. The other games that day, Ross County, Aberdeen, weather permitting, Livy against Hearts, Hibs against Motherwell, and Dundee, St Johnson. 
So that's why I think this game on Saturday is so mm. important. Um, if one of the teams can go and win it, because I don't think any of them are like you're looking past this game here and you're looking at Rangers playing Kilmarnock and Celtic playing St Mirren. If if Celtic go and, and and lose that game at St Mirren, would you be overly surprised? Obviously, they're going to be favourites going into the game, but it's a tough place to go. Celtic have um have lost there previously um, and recently as well. So I don't think any any of the two of them at the minute are going into games thinking we're going to steamroller a team here. So um, that's why I think if if someone can go and win this game Saturday, it'll be huge for them. Big win for Celtic on Boxing Day uh, after the game, 3-0 at Dundee. Here's Brendan Rodgers speaking uh, about the win. I think it's the team have had some sort of harsh lessons over a few weeks, but um, but we spoke about that. And it is a, a young group of players, like Paulo Bernardo getting his first goal for the club and um, Mikey Johnson coming into the game, affecting it. But but I thought overall our, our the structure of our game was very, very good. Uh, pitch was a little bit tricky but I thought how we passed it the speed of the game was, was excellent and like you say we, we arrived into a lot of really really good areas uh, but just couldn't quite uh, be decisive enough at times but um, but overall I'm, I'm so happy for the players because they, uh, they thoroughly deserved that What kind of game is it going to be Stephen do you think on Saturday? Well I do I, I think they've got different styles um, I think the, the atmosphere will be a frenzy for the first 15-20 minutes I think Celtic will get after Rangers I think they'll try and be aggressive in terms of taking the game to them playing football stretching Rangers um, I think Rangers will be um, I mean there's different ways to play football I think they'll be looking to get the ball into Celtic's box as much as possible I think they get a foul anywhere near Celtic's box It's going. I think they'll be looking to play for corners and get them on top of Joe Hart so I think it'll be who can impose their style and how can how can Celtic make it a total football game and vice versa how can Rangers make it where they just knock Celtic out of their stride look to try and bully Celtic and and not a long ball game as such but certainly make Celtic defend if they put a lot of crosses in the box and, and I think even more so getting into the game with the, um, the form with Joe Hart probably a bit of, bit of noise around yeah. it they'll be saying right get, get every corner on top of him so I just think I mean I think it's so close usually in these games I mean obviously they can go either way sometimes you get a feeling you think they're just a better team yep. honestly don't know how to, and even when you're writing out the teams you think of if every player on both sides was fit and you think of Hattati and Raskin at Rangers it's, it's such a I wouldn't, I wouldn't say reserve games but they're so out of sort it's really really hard to predict and it might be who can handle um, just handle the day it's so massive to lose this game can you can you put that to the back of your mind and just um, stay calm and win the game? Definitely an advantage having the total crowd by you, Graham. Do you think? Yeah, yeah. That that for for me, why I think Celtic went to the game favourites because of the crowd. But if you're Rangers, you're you're looking to um, let the game go on as long as possible without conceding a goal. If you can um, run the game to to half time, still nil nil, get the get the crowd frustrated. You've seen that in the game against. I know they went on and they, they won comfortable at Livingston, but I think they were booed off at half time, mm. being nil nil. So the longer Rangers can stay in the game and as I said frustrate that crowd then that'll go in their favour and if they, if that can start to turn then maybe the Celtic fans maybe start getting on the players back um, Rangers can maybe jump on that and yeah I, I think Rangers are going to put their, their two centre-backs under pressure as well if it's Stephen Welsh and, and um, Liam Scales Liam Scales yeah. at the back and if Carter Vickers is not playing I think Rangers will get the ball followed quick and see how they cope as well but 
So it'll be an interesting game. I'm looking forward to it. Maeda would give you something to think about if you've got Maeda and Palma in the wings to try and curtail uh, Barisic and Tavernier. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. That's what they'll be looking to do. I mean, Rangers, um, big threats are, are from their fullbacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, very often this season I've seen James Tavernier cross the ball into Borna Barisic at the back post or vice versa when the two of them are um, in forward areas in the box. So if you've got Maeda and Palma who are direct and they're pacey, they'll be looking to take Rangers full-backs the other way and stifle that, that attacking forwardness that, that they two bring. How much will they have been watching, they being Rangers, looking at the Celtic frailties in defence? And Celtic fans will say, you know, Celtic are top of the table. But Celtic fans realise, you know, they've not got the height that they would want probably just now. If, if they could see CV, I know he's not, the t- he's six foot, but he's not yeah. six yeah, five but or he's, whatever. He's a, he's a terrific player. Yeah. He might not be there. Um, will Rangers be hoping for these, as Stephen mentioned, the set plays could be crucial? I don't think it'll be a, a game plan. I don't think before the game they'll be saying let's get try and get free kicks and corners. And but when you get a free kick and a corner, the ball certainly be going into the box because, um, as you said, the Rangers have got some real um, aerial threats and Balligan and Goldson, people that can attack the ball, and also the deliveries as we touched on there that that Barisic and James Tavernier can put into the box. So when you've got that weapon, then why not use it? Is VAR going to be a big uh, part of it? Is, are there going to be penalties? There haven't been penalties in five games apparently. I read that stat for nearly a year between the big two and everyone knows there's chat about the two of them getting penalties and uh, Celtic not getting or Rangers not having a penalty against them. Um, Graham, is that in the thinking going into no, this I match? Not, I don't think it'll be in the thinking. Um, obviously a team will be going trying try and win in the game and listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not a massive fan of VAR but when, um, when it gets the right decisions then then that, that, that's all you can ask for um, in terms of the penalties I think I was seeing a stat earlier on from the time Rangers have come back into the league I think Celtic have got six penalties against them and Rangers have only got two so um, that tells the story there Stephen VAR penalties what do you think? it, it is going to be involved at some point um, you just want them to to be consistent Like as I said these, these penalties from corners that have been given this season um, just be consistent just mm. Don't you don't want the game to be great to get through the ninety five minutes and the best team wins and we don't go to VAR but um, you always feel good into these games that they could play a big part so um, but as I said you just you, there's always a hope that there's not referees there's, there's an onus yeah. on the players though I've I've seen um, too many times this season where the when there's corners coming in people are pulling I think the last time I was in we spoke about was it um, the Celtic game in Europe where the referee warns the player. Um, about the pulling and yeah. then the corner comes in and he just yeah. does it anyway so when you've got VAR you can't get away with it so there's an onus you have to be clever and and when there wasn't VAR you could be cute about it you could you could pull somebody's shirt and get away with it but the way it is now you, you can't get away with it so you need to defend properly and be concentrating for the full 90 minutes and every time that ball comes in the box you, you can't be running the risk of pulling somebody's jersey or having your hands in the air because if the ball connects with your arm now it's you're not getting away with it It's uh, Nick Walsh I think is the referee Correct. I think he's probably among the best, if not the best, at the moment. Stephen? Yeah, um, had him obviously uh, as a referee lots. You just, as you say, you just hope that they they can can, can keep controlling the game. Um, because sometimes in these games you just want the referee to be, to be go, go unnoticed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody speaks about the referee after the game. And as you say, whether it's Celtic or Rangers, the best team on the day wins a game. Um, but yeah it's Nick Walsh I think he's he'll have, he've done the fixture a few times and 
as you, you hope he referees the game and not the, the man in the VAR room for sure yeah it's inevitable yeah. that um, one side of the, the fans will be talking about the ref after the game it, it always happens if, um, if Rangers <laughs> go and win the game the Celtic fans won't be happy or vice versa it's, um, that's the nature of the fans at the minute and on VAR let me just check is it Andrew no it's Wally Collum is on VAR so again the other of the top referees John Beaton Wally Collum good referees Yep, it's our best game in this country, so you want the top referees to go up. But yeah, all you want is a bit of consistency and you don't want to be coming out after these games and talking about the referees and with VAR you expect them to get the decisions and show a bit of consistency. So um, as a fan, that's all That's all you want. It's the first time you two have been on the programme together, I believe, yep. isn't it? Yep. Did you come up? You must have come up against each other. On, yeah, we've played yep. against each other a yeah. few times, yep. Who were you playing with at the time? One I, I, I can remember was Watford v West Brom. Oh, right, yeah. Graham was part of a very good West uh, Brom team, Tony Mowbray's West Brom team. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep, that was my um, well, was my first season down there when I was at mm. um, West Brom when Tony Mowbray was the manager. Then he left and then um, I think it might have been Di Matteo who was in charge when, mm. we, when we played against um, Stevens Watford team. So see, see, see the way that Tony Mowbray had West Brom playing? Huh? It's like every team kind of plays that way now, but it was quite unique at that point in, in terms of rotating midfielders and... You had your job in your hands and uh, I think sometimes Tony Mowbray will look at the Sunderland job yeah. um, letting him go for Michael Beale and I think he's very underrated uh, for what he's done as a manager especially down south Peter Grant was not happy about it nope. when we talked about it last week because I said there's Michael Beale back in and he reminded me that uh, you know he'd been the manager there as we know Peter Grant brought in chocolates just saying just so you know there's chocolates in here um, uh, during the programme I don't know why I mentioned that in case you wanted a chocolate um, was that Vicarage Road? The first time you played, or would it yeah. have been? Yeah, yeah, it was. What was that like to play at? Yeah, it was good. good. I mean, yeah. um, obviously, we still had the old stand yeah. since the Pozzo family have taken over. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like a new club, the money spent in infrastructure at the club. Um, but yeah, I always liked playing. It was always a good surface, and um, it's even better now, obviously, with the four stands. Sure. Was Elton John around in those days? Or? The odd time, I mean, Malky yeah. McAvoy was yeah. the manager at that point, and yeah. I think they were quite close, obviously, from Malky's yeah. end days yeah. as well. But. Um, yeah, my wife loves Elton John so when we played against her that was the one uh, game she came down to watch to see if she could bump into him but I don't think she did <laughs> <laughs> it's funny isn't it some of the people involved uh, in football and at Man United of course Jim Ratcliffe is in with 25% <laughs> for one and a half billion pounds and I see he's also 200 odd million to help uh, improve the ground it's just such a shame at that football club isn't it that you know money was borrowed and uh, one and a half billion and you just get yeah, it's just not bad it. if you yeah. can have that and put that in you. But yeah. um, listen, a club like Man United, it's a, it's an institution there. They'll be hoping that they can spend a bit of money and get back to the the, the good old days of Sir Alec Ferguson, or um, and as I say, get set some players in. And they've not had a trophy for a couple of years now, so or they've not had a league title for a couple of years. So they'll be looking to um, get a bit of investment and, and win that league. They sure will. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. For your free energy home survey and bespoke quote, call 0800 233 5788. Let's go. Time is ticking down towards the new year, but also a big signing on loan for Rangers. Fabio Silva has been on his social media. I think, Graham, it's with the uh, the sands of time just ticking down. So do you think it's going to happen tonight? Yeah, I think it looks like it's only a matter of time before he comes in, yeah. Um, as you say, he's... He's putting out these tweets and, and social media, so so hopefully he can come in and, and do well. He's, he's obviously went for big money before, thirty five million at eighteen year old. So um, someone someone certainly thinks he's got ability when you pay that much money for someone. So hopefully he can come up here and, and score the goals that will um, get Rangers the title. 
Is it going to be enough for Rangers then to win the title? Could this be a game-changing signing? Well, I hope so. Obviously, I've I've not seen a massive amount of them. Um, But I do think it's a little bit of a gamble. It's obviously someone who's been sent out on a loan. It means that Wolves deem him not good enough to play in their team at the minute. But he'll be determined to come to a club like Rangers and and do well. And as we touched on earlier, he's not... um, scored a lot of goals recently but he'll I'm pretty sure he'll have seen enough of Rangers and he'll, he'll target this club to to come in um, and score goals because as I mentioned Rangers dominate most games so a player like that will be coming here looking to score goals we've not, I don't think we've had a, a season like it with the January window it's so defining for both teams I think both teams spent a lot of money in the summer and they'll, they'll probably look back with frustration for some of the deals they've, they've, they've done and I think the, the league's there for someone um, and I think Rangers have played the first hand I don't think there's any coincidence that they've announced the, the, the signing or about to announce the signing of the Celtic game approaching um, because that usually you've got one team that need to get to January to try and catch up with the with the top team but um, you feel as if both teams are desperate for that transfer window to open and, and Rangers have played the first hand Silva played against Celtic didn't he in the match you reminded me in Dublin yeah for Wolves so uh at least played against Celtic, and uh, he'd probably play against them. Then I think I think it was a different um, yeah. occasion to what he, he might experience Saturday if he's if he's in town for it. Indeed, um, this, especially the weather. <laughs> Absolutely, it's not Portuguese weather, mind you. Portugal this time of the year is not as warm as uh, maybe you would like it to be. So we're waiting to see. Um, I see in Sky they've got the pictures ready as well, and uh, yep, a big signing for Rangers. Start of the January window, three days early. For Celtic, we've talked about it a few times. What about the goalkeeping position? Liam's been on a big Celtic fan saying, look, when is somebody going to say Joe Hart needs someone else pushing him for the gloves? Because there isn't anyone. No, I, I think, I mean, you always split because he's been such a good signer for Celtic. Yeah. Brilliant saying Celtic were, uh, had a real problem with the goalkeeping situation. But as time's gone on, you, I thought in the summer they needed to go and sign a goalkeeper. I don't think Celtic as a club. Scott Bain's been a good servant. Ben, Benjamin Segrist hasn't really worked they needed to address the goalkeeping situation Joe Hart's not going to play for the next two or three years at Celtic and even if it was they were going to sign a, a number two that could, could challenge Joe Hart um, I, I don't think they've addressed it and and obviously the noise gets louder over the last few weeks with maybe with any goalie you're at fault for a goal um, so I, intrigued to see whether it's something they address in January Graham what do you feel? I'm sure when Brendan Rodgers came in, he looked at the the situation with Joe Hart, and he's obviously felt that he's good enough to um, to start in his team. I think if Celtic go and sign a goalkeeper, I don't think they'll be looking at signing a number two to push Joe Hart. I think they'll be looking to sign a number one to own play. Um, but as I mentioned there, Brendan Rodgers will have his targets, and whether that's a goalkeeper, I, I don't know. But um, he obviously deemed him good enough to to play when he's come in the door. Willie has been on big Rangers fan saying Graham. Where do Rangers need to strengthen? We've talked about the striker. He's coming in tonight, tomorrow morning, probably on loan. Uh, where else? Well, I think yeah, yeah, they definitely need a striker. Um, but I think I mentioned on the show a couple of weeks ago as well, they need they need wingers, they need wide players. Yeah. Um, has done well for Rangers and young Ross McCollins Ross McCollins come in and, and also done well. But he's a young man that's come in um, and I'm pretty sure his form will dip at some point. So he might need a, a little run out of the team. Um, They've got Scott right there as well, who 
in the last transfer window was was almost out the door. But I, I like Scott Wright as well. I think he's he's came back into the fold and he's done well and he's got an opportunity. But I think that's definitely an area that, that, that they need to go and strengthen. There's a wide area in the forward area as well. But whether they go and get another one after after this silver deal's done, I'm, I'm not sure. Because Ryan Kent two years ago was almost unplayable, wasn't he? He was terrific for Rangers off the boil last season. Yep, yeah, that's the sort of the type of player you'll be looking at. Um, when when Ryan Kent was here and he was on his game, then um, he could go and win games for Rangers that um, they didn't really look like winning. As you mentioned there, his last six months when he was at Rangers didn't go well, and that's probably why he ended up leaving the football club. But if you can get a player like Ryan Kent, and when he's on his day, um, he can go and win your football games. That's just the type of player that Rangers will be looking at. But um, they'll want him to be on top of his game because we spoke about Ryan Kent coming yeah. back. Um, previously as well but if he does come back then Rangers fans will be wanting to see um, the Ryan Kent they've seen it first not the Ryan Kent that, that the last six months in his, his last spell Barry Ferguson who'll be back on here tomorrow night was saying a few weeks ago he reckons Rangers will sign two or three players uh, in January uh, and it could be on loan some of them a mixture of money um, and a loan deal the loan deal obviously is on the way tonight or tomorrow morning with Silva. Where else do you think then? If it was three positions, somebody wide, a striker, where well, else? Well, with the with the situation they find themselves in at the minute, I think you could be looking at a, a centre midfielder. Um, they've got a lot of injuries in that area, but listen, the, ma- the manager again would have, when he came in, he will have identified players that he thinks um, can work and he's now seen his squad for the last two months and he, he would have seen things in that period that um, he really likes, but... I can almost guarantee you within that period they've seen things and they thought I need to fix that I need to get players in that position so um, he's came in he'll know the market in other countries so he'll have players that he's worked with previously um, that I'm sure he'll that'll be on his thoughts and he'll identify to, to try and bring into the football club Stephen let's hear if there's any clues here from Philippe Clement speaking a few days ago I think he'll speak tomorrow uh, ahead of the big game on Saturday but he was speaking about January window uh... <laughs> It's simple in that way. As long as there are no signings, uh, you can be that far on the road that you want. You don't know how long the road is. So, as long as nobody's in the building, that there are no uh, medical exams made and uh, and the paper is not signed, you're nowhere. So it's always like that. I've seen some things going really fast in the past. Sometimes you think everything is okay, and another team gets a player in the last second or something or is half kidnapped. So those things happen. So, uh, no, uh, we will see. The moment that something is signed, I can promise you guys, one second later, you all know. That. I don't think Poirot would find a clue in that one. He's not saying much, is he, Stephen? No, <laughs> I think, I mean, the, the two areas that Park Graham mentions is what I think. I watched the game on Sunday and, and obviously won again. I think Ross uh, McCausland's done a great job for mm-hmm. Rangers, really stepped up. Um, came out of the academy and, and he's played a run of games but I, I think I, I thought he was pretty poor he looks like he needs taking out the team at some point because um, he's not um, it can't be easy that to go your first run of games to be just playing week in week out um, so I think that's a position to look at the other one for me is I don't think they've ever replaced Stephen Davis mm-hmm. I think they've got midfielders I think Ryan Jack John Lundstrom um, good legs keep the game ticking over I think Nico Raskin's more of an in-between player I, I think Stephen, Stephen Davis I always thought was one of the best players I've ever played against up here um, in both spells I think he's so un- underrated and I don't think they've ever replaced him um, I think the year they won the league I think the midfield is the strongest part of their team him and Kamara Glenn Kamara playing at his absolute best I thought them two were brilliant together so I think that type of player that player that can um, 
really control games for Rangers. First signing of the January window, just ahead of it, is Rangers have announced a few moments ago that they have signed on loan from Wolves, Fabio Silva. He'll join the club on January the 1st, which I make to be Monday. Graham, shock news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we, we were expecting that to come out. Um, like I said, he's, he's obviously um, a real good player who's yeah. a young boy. He's came through 35 million, so um, you don't get signed for 35 million if you're not. But listen, this, this won't be a player that that's just came up in the last couple of days and Rangers have thought, oh, we'll, we'll maybe have a little go on him. This will be someone that have um, done their homework on, as I mentioned there. Um, their, their recruitment um, team at Rangers have, have worked with him before, so um, it's someone they know, um, someone they've obviously been targeting and, and speaking to for the last couple of weeks and, and they've got the deal over the line, so they'll be hoping they can win, they can score the goals that's needed. And did they work with them at PSV, did you say? Uh, yeah, I think it was yeah. PSV. Um, was it Nils Kippen? Uh, the... Um, Head of recruitment at Rangers now. I'm thinking he worked with him at PSV, so he'll know all about him. He'll know what he brings, and um, that's probably the link that that why he's ended up at, at this club. While, while he's here, Stephen. No, I, I was just I saw you smiling there. I, mean, yeah. I was just laughing at the Tottenham yeah. bench. Uh, um, What's the bench? Fifty-eight. Tell me. They've got a fifty-eight, a sixty-three number. Fifty-eight number, fifty sixty-three yeah. number, sixty-five. And yeah. when you autom- when you see stuff like that, it automatically makes me think of the Romanov era at Hearts. Ah. Sometimes oh, it, the teams would come in. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be playing against another <laughs> number seventy-five and number seventy-two. <laughs> there he is. Um, got a fair mane of hair there, Fabio Silva. Just looking at him scoring for Wolves, which you didn't see too often. But uh, that's the big news. A £35 million player in Scottish football till at least the end of the season. And is he going to be a game changer? And what about Celtic, who have, what, five points clear? Rangers two games in hand, but Celtic going to it and looking to make that um, eight points. Although, would both clubs in some ways be happy? And then nobody's going to say, hey, we'd be happy with a draw. But just looking at you, Stephen. Um, I, I think Celtic have lost the right to be happy with a draw. Okay. I, th- I think yeah. a cu- up to a couple of weeks ago, I think it's a game Rangers had to win. I don't think Celtic can afford to draw that game anymore. Um, I think I think the fans will be demanding a, a victory. Yep, I agree. I think if you offered um, Celtic a draw four or five weeks ago, they would have said, yep, we'll take that. But I think it's now flipped. I think, if, if as I mentioned earlier, if Rangers can, can go and get a draw now, um, that's a positive for Rangers and win and win their two games in hand after that and go top of the league. Um, I just think the the position uh, Celtic find themselves and I don't think the fans would would accept a draw. And do you agree with Stephen McGinn that Stephen Davis needs replacing? You know he he was such a well he's a class act wasn't he the most decorated player ever in in British football. Yep, I, I remember playing against um, Stephen Davis in England and he was a, a real top top player. Um, Another one that probably doesn't get enough credit. I mean, the, the amount I think he's Northern Ireland's most ever capped player. And um, Stephen's mentioned it there. Um, the season Rangers went to win the league, he was phenomenal. But the career he's had, um, unbelievable player. And they probably haven't. How do you replace a player like that? You know, I mean, he was he was so good. Um, but they, they probably probably haven't replaced him. And let's hope he can. <laughs> If he's wanting to keep playing, if he can get himself back fit from his injury, that I know he had a setback from after his his short time as manager at Rangers. I'm not sure if he's wanting to continue to play, but if he is, then hopefully he can get himself back fit and, and stay in the game. I do apologise if he's not officially retired and he's <laughs> he's going to come back. So maybe could, Stephen yeah. Davis can replace Stephen. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. yeah, but that would be some be stretch. Shot, but yeah, he's the most capped player in on. Uh, in the UK, yep. yes. What about Celtic then? Who do they need to sign? I see Gregory's been on a big Celtic fan saying with Silva announced as a new Rangers player, it reminds him of the Jock Steen days when Jock Steen would say, right, okay, something happening, say Celtic were behind 
Rangers, he would come out with a, a big signing or some news to grab some of the headlines. Anyway, it's before your time, thinking about Mr Steen, uh, the days of Mr Steen and Mr Wardle. Mr McGinn, what are you thinking for Celtic, right? Goalkeeper? Is that... Or, I, th- I, yeah. I mean, I think it's absolutely need to address the situation with the mm. goalkeeping department. Even, I mean, if Joe Hart's was to pick up an injury, but I just think they need to... Why wait until the summer? Go and get you. If he's available, go and get a, a number one. Um, or a, or a, or a, the long-term number yeah. one. Mm. Go and get him in the building. And where else then for... So they've already said a striker and you don't have to be... Um, Einstein to work out with. I, th- I think they need. I think they need a left back. Mm-hmm. I think Greg Taylor's been a great signing for Celtic, but um, I mean, some of the some of the randomness of um, Celtic selection this year. Um, yeah. Bernabe appearing a couple of weeks ago from nowhere. I don't think he's yeah. good enough to play for Celtic. So I think left back's one of the areas um, they might need to. Even if Brendan Rodgers sees Greg Taylor's he's left back, I think he needs to get another one in the building. Midfield, I think they're okay. Um, they've obviously got McGregor, O'Reilly, Hitati. That's your three if you play. But Awata, Bernardo, Thiago Holm, I, I thought was going to be a real good player. Seems to have fallen off. But the the, the centre defence area is, is probably the one. I mean, Navrocchi seemed to tick every box. Five million pound signing, good age, came from a really good side. And he can't even make the bench. Um, so that's a strange one. So it would suggest that... Um, He's not part of the, the immediate future. And obviously the obvious one is, is a striker. Um, with with Kyogo and, and Obin away, um, they really need one in the building for the time they get back from the win, winter break. Graham, what do you reckon? Yeah, but I, I agree. Um, I agree with that. I think with them losing their players to the Asian Cup, they're going to need to go and get a striker. But um, I, I think they're going to need a centre-half as well. I think they're going to need to go out and um, buy somebody. I know, I know Scales has come in and done, done really well. Um but I just think a club like Celtics need to go out and make a statement and bring in a, another good centre-half alongside Carter Vickers. And Carter Vickers has been great for Celtic. And, and as you mentioned there, if Brendan Rodgers sees fit that Joe Hart is now deemed not good enough, then he has to go out and, and address that situation as well. But as I said, I wouldn't be going out and bringing in a number two to, to try and push, push Joe Hart. If you're, if you're looking for a goalkeeper, you're looking for a number one goalkeeper and he needs to go out and get that. The central defence has been a strange one, Stephen, hasn't it? With uh, Lagerbielka coming in, what was it, three and a half million thereabouts? Three, three and a half million. Navroski, uh, four million. We've hardly seen him at all through injury. And Lagerbielka scores against Feyenoord and then isn't even. So, so the Celtic then have to try and get rid of some of these players yeah. before they can mm-hmm. then bring people away as, as well, because as you say, they've spent a bit of money on players that, that aren't even getting any game time. So. They're going to have to look to, to recoup some money before they bring other people in as well. Except that they do have the money in the bank. So, And if you're Brendan Rodgers, you say, well, look, whatever's happened there, and there were some great signings under Ange Postacoglu in the first year, second year or the recruitment department, whatever you want to call it, not as successful. Would that be fair, wouldn't it? So if you're Brendan Rodgers, you're saying, well, that's, that's uh, you know, the money is there. Get rid of these players in time, trade them. But this is what they need to win this 35, 40 million pound title. Yeah, and, and when Brendan Rodgers took over from Celtic, Two of the signings you think of right away are Scott Sinclair and Moussa Dembele. Yeah. And, and I know, I mean, the, the guys were real high quality and bargains um, for, for what they paid for them. But right away, you could see, I mean, Scott Sinclair obviously scores a win on his debut. Right away, goes and makes a difference um, yeah. to a title race. And that's just, that's, I mean, Celtic aren't looking for to go and spend 30 million on a player, but they want to go and sign a player. And within, I mean, I remember the very first time I watched Nakamura. It was sensational, honestly. The first time you get the ball, you're just thinking, what a player. 
we've signed one here. And I think that's all they're looking for. They're, they're not looking for someone, oh, he's got good attributes, he might be good down the line. They want to they sign a player and they go, nah, he's improved their number 11 straight away. Absolutely right. They, they don't want to hear about projects anymore. They need people because they know that Rangers are moving in close, maybe not playing as well as they would like to and the new manager would, but he's getting a tune out of... And remember, this was Michael Beale's team. So... Yeah, that, that's the one thing that, that um, Philip Clemence came in and done. Um, he's not made the players that much better, but he's made the team better as a whole. Um, as I said, I've watched Rangers in many games this season where I've not left the game thinking, wow, they were exceptional, but that's just, there just seems to be something different in the minute, that a, a little bit of togetherness and um, the knack of winning games that, that they might not have under the previous manager. I think that's what's improved under this manager. Um, and he's just done that by... Getting a bit of honesty out of them, um, hard work, determination, and and um, and that's why Rangers are getting results and they've clawed points back on Celtic. Here in Go Radio, you'll hear it first. Here it is. Here are the first words as a Rangers player of um, Fabio Silva. He said, "I'm very happy when I spoke to people about Glasgow and about Rangers. Everyone told me good things about the club and the history. I played here once with Porto in the Europa League, so I already know the warm club, the environment, and the stadium. So everything is perfect. I'm very happy to be here, and I can't wait to start training with the team. And looking forward to listening every night at no, I made that bit up to the Gorido <laughs> Football Show. So there you are. He is in town. He has signed. So it's underway. The January transfer." The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. For your free energy home survey and bespoke quote, call 0800 Let's go. Heading towards 7 o'clock in the Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Tomorrow night it's going to be Barry Ferguson and Andy Walker. So two old firm legends as we look forward to the game on Saturday. Should we look forward to... The weekend card with Graham Dorans, ex-Rangers, and Stephen McGinn, the Falkirk captain, also ex-Hibs Watford. We were chatting earlier about coming up against Graham down when he was at West Bromwich Albion. What about one of your old clubs, Stephen St Mirren at Petaudry this weekend? Would I mean, they're having such a tough period at St Mirren. Um, obviously, the, the injury to Ryan Strain, mm. thought could call him at Menemum in the early, start, uh, early parts of the season. He was yeah. a huge player. I thought they'd signed a real special player but he's dropped off a bit and within that he's got so many attacking options um, early in the season with a couple yeah. injuries the team was kind of picking itself he seems to be changing he's not really getting the right formula so it's been a difficult few weeks but what they are is they're really hard to beat and they're going to go up there Aberdeen obviously um, under huge pressure to win games they're going to make it really difficult for Aberdeen um, and it wouldn't shock me if they can go up and get a result but just with the way of Miofsky, I've gone for 2-1 to, to Aberdeen. I take it they'll travel up beforehand, you know, the day before for St Mirren? Um, manage, some managers are different. I mean, okay. um, yeah. like Motherwell, they travelled up in the morning of the game and they had day beds where you go for sleep in the afternoon right. if you want yeah. to do it. And But they're just in the city. Some managers go up the day before, but I always feel as if there's lots of hanging about if you go up the, mm. the day before. feels ages into the game. Majofsky, we haven't mentioned him. Normally he comes up as we talk January transfer window. So Majofsky, can you see him scoring? And is he going to move? So I, just, I mean, the two goals he scored last week, he's left it finish yeah. in the header. He's just a he's just a striker. You give him opportunities, he's going to score. And he's obviously... The, the difference in Majofsky to Shankland is he's, he's a lot younger and there's a lot more potential in him. Um, 
and, I, and I'm not surprised I've seen Southampton were linked with them mm-hmm. um, I'm not surprised that, that the clubs will be monitoring the situation because in, in a difficult domestic season for Aberdeen he, he's had a really good personal season So Aberdeen you're going for the Dons yeah for the game Graham Dons Yep I'm going the same I'm going 2-1 okay. um, I think Aberdeen have picked their results up albeit they lost to, to Rangers in the cup final but before that, they, they win against Hearts and they obviously beat Frankfurt in the uh, Europa Conference and then they managed to, to get a... Well, it, wasn't a it wasn't a great one against Livingston, but they um, they needed to find a way of winning the game and they done that. I mean, you've got a player like Majofsky you've just touched on that can win you games, similar to Shankland at Hearts when the game's not going great. Um, players like that can go and win you games. But I just think when you've got a player like that and in no disrespect to, to teams like Aberdeen and Hearts when you've got a player who can score goals and... It's probably that far ahead the rest of your team. Then, then you're always going to get interest in, and uh, teams want to sign them. And I think uh, Stephen mentioned there. I think a team like Southampton would probably suit someone like Majofsky. What about Celtic? Do you think Celtic would suit Majofsky? Certainly, yep. Similar to Shanklin, it's someone who um, it's not much of a gamble. They know that he could come in and um, play at this level and, and score goals in this league. So, um, if they're looking for for someone to do that, then yeah, he certainly fits the bill. You're going for Aberdeen to beat St Mirren as well. What about Motherwell against Livy then? Wow, bottom of the table, Livy against second bottom, Motherwell. Graham, what do you reckon? Yeah, but I've watched Motherwell a few times this season and I know I think they're on a run of about 15 games without a win, but in a lot of the games, I don't think they've been far away. I think they've just been on the wrong end of um, a one-goal loss. Um, I think their, their real problem at the minute is conceding goals. Um, and conceding goals early too much of the season they've found themselves a goal behind or, or two goals behind then they need to go and open up and, and try and um, get back in the game so I think if they can find a way of going ahead in games um, they'll be a bit more comfortable and I just think as we touched on earlier in the show Livingston struggle for to, to score goals at the minute and um, listen it's been it's been unbelievable for a team like Livingston to stay in the league for so long and, and that's success for them just staying in the in the top league in Scotland but I just think Motherwell will probably have too much for them I'm going to go 2-0 Motherwell And Stephen that would be their first win they've gone 15 games the well without a, a win what do you think is going to happen? Yeah it's been a tough couple of months yeah. Yeah, for all in Motherwell as, as, as Graham says sometimes they've just a bit got Motherwell TV on and, and they're 1-0 yeah. down um, especially that game up at Dingwall couldn't believe it Um but it's just, I mean, in isolation, speaking about big games and uh, the magnitude of them, this this is huge. And I, 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 it almost, not a cup final, it's a bit dramatic, but it feels like that in terms of the distance that Motherwell can put between them and Livingston. Um, you always know what you're going to get from Livingston. I know they're having a tough season, but it's never going to be easy. They're going to be really tight with you. They're going to try and squeeze the game as much as possible. But um, I just think Motherwell have got that extra bit of quality and home advantage, so I've gone 1-0 to the well. And of course, that would be, it's going to be tough for David Martindale anyway. Huge for Stuart Kettlewell to get that win if that's what happens. Killy against Dundee. Stephen? Yeah, well, obviously, my old manager and assistant manager yeah. come up against each other. I just think Kilmarnock are really strong at home. Um, Danny Armstrong, Matty Kennedy are absolutely flying. They've got goals in their team, the two, two strikers can score. I just think they'll win again, so 2 1 to Kilmarnock. What do you reckon, Graham? Yeah, Derek McInnes has got um, come out flying up the table. They'll have um, an eye on that European spot. They'll be trying to, to go for that and get into third place. Um, a great win for him last night. So, uh, Tony Doherty, again, he's got Dundee playing well. Um, old friends going down there to play against each other. But I just think Kamal being at home, um, I fancy him to get a 1 0. 
Kelly would then go on to 33 points. They would leapfrog Hearts, unless Hearts win against Ross County, which, Stephen, what do you reckon? No, I mean, I said it last week, um, with the way the coefficient is, having the five teams, I don't I don't think there's five better teams in the league than, right. than Kilmarnock. I think they've got the, the right mix between being hard to beat and they've got goals in the team. Mm-hmm. It's confused me at times they're away for them because you wonder how it's not been as good for them. So then when they go and, they go and win the other day, and, and with them being so strong at home, I don't look at that Hibs team and think that they're better than Kilmarnock. Um, I think Aberdeen have had a difficult time in terms of the group stage of football. I think they're going to put a run together at some point. Um, and they've got real quality in the team, but I think European football's there for Kilmarnock. Hearts Ross County, you reckon they're going to win? Hearts? Yeah, yeah. Hearts are going to beat Ross County 2 0. I've gone for. Graham? Yeah, I've went for 2 0 as well. I just think <laughs> um, the confidence after the, the last minute winner will be, be enough for them. And. Um, Ross County, difficult results under Derek McInnes. I know he's obviously wasn't happy in the, the games that he's watched after his interview. So, fancy hearts to, to kick on after that win last night. And before the break, there's uh, another fixture list, but there's one final game in the Premiership. We'll come to it in just a second or two. What about in the Championship? So, I think you both went for Dundee United for the game against Partick Thistle. Am I right? Yeah, yep. that, that what you go, that's what you went yeah, for? Yeah, I would go yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah you went. What about the other games then? Although that's crucial. Wraith Rovers are playing our broth. What do you think, Stephen? Yeah, well, I think um, Wraith Rovers, the only, my only disappointment this weekend is that Wraith aren't the game on uh, the BBC tomorrow night. Why? I really enjoy watching them. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. A bit like the Postacoglu games. You, yeah. mm-hmm. You're expecting goals and plenty of action, but I think if they're serious about winning the league, it's a game they need to be winning. So, so Wraith 3 1. Yep, fancy Rafe to go and win that. And we've seen um, Jim McIntyre's coming to a broth side that was um, struggling a little bit under Dick Campbell before he left. So Rafe Rovers absolutely flying, scoring goals for fun. So um, fancy a comfortable 2 0 win for Rafe Rovers at home. Who's going to win? Last year they were heading towards the title race, Queen's Park, up against Airdrie, who are uh, up and down, aren't they? Who's going to win that one, do you reckon, tomorrow? Yeah, but I've, seen a, uh, yeah. I've probably seen more Airdrie um, last season than I have this season, but. Mm-hmm. Um, they were a free scoring team last season and Queen's Park obviously find herself at the, the bottom of the table struggling a little bit um, I'll sit in the fence for this one I will draw going for a draw that would be two draws in a row for Queen's Park game of course on uh, Saturday what do you reckon Stephen? Queen's Park against uh, Airdrie yeah well obviously um, difficult seasons in terms of last year between the two of them so it's, it's a real tough game. Airdrie are starting to slide down the, the league and I think that's the game that can get Queen's Park going again. So I'm going for a 1-0 Queen's Park. The other game's Inverness against uh, Morton. Maybe an away win for Morton. Maybe Air against Dunfermline. And back to the big game then on Saturday. Celtic against Rangers. You both gave us your teams. Do you think, I heard Stephen saying earlier on Lundstrom might make it. Often teams do have a surprise up their sleeve. Do you think, is there a chance John Lundstrom, who's played, well, how do you feel he's been this season? How good? Yeah, he's been more um, of the John Lundstrom that I've seen when Rangers reached the uh, the Europa League final a couple of years ago. Uh, he was exceptional in that run and I'm seeing more of that again this season. He's formed dipped a little bit um, last season. So if John Lundstrom's fit, then he plays for me because um, it's an area that Rangers have got a few injuries in. Um, but if he's fit, then he definitely comes in and he plays in that in that uh, centre midfield role. One of the things with uh, Philippe Clement, he said there's many injuries, I think, really, as Michael Beale had um, the season before and the early part of the season. But he's managed to 
grind out's not the word, but you know what you said earlier on. They're not playing as well as he would like them, but they're winning by and large 16 games undefeated. Yeah, but it's, it's when you get a, an injury crisis like they've had the last couple of weeks, you've got um, players filling in positions that they don't normally play. Um, Sterling's come in and I, and I think he's done great for, for Rangers mm. in the games he's played on. I actually quite like him playing there because he's powerful, he's athletic, um, he gets about the pitch, pitch well. He's not someone who's going to pick passes and, and and score goals and stand out but I think he's been real efficient in there for Rangers um, but when you've got your um, your main uh, central midfielder if he's fit then he comes back in and plays for me Looking at Rangers Stephen you can't not mention uh, James Tavenier and how successful he's been at key moments this year for Rangers Yeah I mean obviously Abdullah Seema scored a lot of goals for Rangers yeah. but I think I, I think he's as a right back, I mean, teams don't tend to speak about right backs as being the biggest threat, but I think he is the biggest threat. And I think that's why Dyson Maida done such a good job in him. Quite often he'd be he'd be taking James Tavenier the other way. And and if it was the case that James Tavenier was going the other way, then Dyson Maida can match him for, for ninety minutes. Um so yeah, no doubt if they can stop the, the supply to James Tavenier, then there's gonna be a lot less uh, balls coming into their box. On superlatives, Callum McGregor, what do you say about the other captain, the Celtic captain who's won everything in the domestic game on parallel success? As he, I, I mean, you speak about threats, I think he's the one. Um, Philippe Clement will have to. I don't think if, if he lets Callum McGregor run the game um, on Saturday and Celtic will win, I think he's someone um, he'll maybe look to try and stop getting on the, on the ball. Um, how they do it. I'm sure. I'm sure they're having to think about it. But such a special player, and as I said, if he if he can dictate the game, then Celtic win the game for me. Have they a surprise up the sleeve? Do you think? Would it be Abada? Is there? I, I, I just don't. I mean, yeah. Abada, Hatati have been out far too long to go into a game like this. Um, I, I just think, even for 15, 20 minutes, maybe maybe Abada, if he's been training the last few weeks, but I really struggled to see them thrown in from the start. It's going to be a day for Kyogo. He did it at Ibrox a few months ago. It seems a long time ago now, September. So you said there, Stephen, did I hear you say, who's going to win? Yeah, we, Kyogo. I think Kyogo, I think some of Kyogo's best games for Celtic have been against Rangers. Yeah. I think it suits him. Um, playing against Golden, he keep, keeps making runs in behind him. Um, I thought about sitting in the fence all night, but I just think the the, the magnitude—it's an absolute must-win for Celtic in front of a sixty thousand home home fans. I've gone for two one to Celtic. Two one to Celtic. Did they score first? Do you think? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not sure. I think. I mean, I think Rangers will have to defend the first twenty minutes. I think Celtic will really take the game to them. And a and a few times over the last few seasons, Celtic have got the early goals, and Rangers haven't been able to turn it round. So there's no doubt the first fifteen twenty minutes and the first goal is going to be key. Graham, what do you reckon is going to happen? 12.30 Saturday. Yep, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I think Rangers will win with a game plan of trying to uh, frustrate Celtic mm. early on. I think Celtic will come and come out the traps quickly and try and get after Rangers. Um, if Rangers can get past that first 15-20 minutes and as I mentioned there, the, long, the longer the game goes on, I think it will turn the Rangers' favour because we frustrate Celtic and frustrate the fans. Um, if they can do that, I think they'll they'll grow into the game in the second half, um, and it's similar to Stephen. I've I've probably switched my result. That I've wrote down here about yeah. four times, but <laughs> I'm going to go for two one Rangers if they can. Um, as I say, hang on, stay in the game until half time. Even going at nil nil and, and try and frustrate the crowd, um, get the first goal in the game. Um, I think they'll hold out, and I think Rangers two one. 
You'll be watching the game with the sound down, that excellent commentary on Sky, of course, with Ian Crocker and the guys, but we'll be on with Barry Ferguson and Peter Grant tomorrow night at five. It'll be Barry and Andy Walker. Graham, thanks a million. Thanks Enjoy it. Have a great few days. You too, Stephen. Cheers, Paul. Enjoy both your games. Uh, we're back tomorrow night. We'll be here at five. Great music coming up. Breakfast show tomorrow morning and then five tomorrow evening with Barry and Andy. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. For your free energy home survey and a bespoke quote, call 0800 233 5788. Let's go! Global Eco Energy are your renewable energy specialists. We specialise in heat pump, solar and battery installations, as well as internal, external and cavity wall insulation. Prices starting from as little as £4,995 for solar PV and from £8,995 for a heat pump installation. For a free quote, free survey and to find out more about grants and funding options, call 0800 233 5788.